Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 36 of Social Suplex Podcast about AEW with proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. I am your host, Floyd Johnson, and with me today from One Nation Radio, we got constant contributor James Boyd. How you doing, James? Not too much, man. Um, I, you know, after watching Full Gear, I, I, you know, my some of my first thoughts were about you and just wondering how you were, you know, in your headspace. Uh, can you take us back a little bit on uh, on you know your thoughts on from you know being there in person to see that you know your guy get completely screwed over? Yes. And and and, and um and both not I can't even say the word, but basically got screwed over. That's the best word. I can't come up with anything else. But yeah, I'm 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 sorry, man. I'm sorry, but please uh please t- delve back into the pain. Uh, yes. Yeah, so uh, I was not. I want. I have fully complained on recording a show right after the show. I was not in the headspace to do that because <laughs> my heart was broken and it's like one of the most glorious things ever because, uh, you know, you know, we, when you do podcasts and we are, we're constantly giving our opinions, talking about it, it's really hard at times to get emotionally attached to any type of storylines. You're always looking forward to what's going to be next. You're like, oh, who are they pushing? All the all the ancillary bullshit that goes with being uh, an extreme wrestling fan. Well, Mm -hmm. I was emotionally tied to that match, and I had no idea that was going over, and the days up before, uh, I was like, well, he's definitely going to win. Well, nope, there's no way he could win. Well, he's definitely going to win. And then, of course, you hear people say, well, I just think it's too early, you know, those guys, that, uh, that logic. And I'm like, you know what? If it's the right booking decision and it draws money and it gets eyes on your program pro- product, nothing's too early. So I convinced myself I didn't know. So I had, you know, my first instinct was he wasn't going to win it. So I'm watching the match and uh, I'm like sitting in my chair and he does the face plant into the face plant. I'm like, oh my god, okay. Well, that's how they're gonna, you know. I felt like that was how they were gonna 
finish out the rest of the uh, program. It's like, you know, his haste hit, he's going to be bleeding, and then maybe like a pass out, not a tap out. So oh. the match keeps Did- going. Well, quick question. Is there any part of you that thought like they were going to do a ref stoppage due to too much bleeding in a way that was, um, was it the... His Stone what was, Cold what was moment. It? That's well, what I was thinking. Not, well, not necessarily Stone Cold moment because, you know, uh, uh, Rich reminded me of this, like, that's not really in, in Cody's bag. He likes to grab out of his dad's bag for, for clubs. Yeah. So, like, would this have been, like, the Starcade match? I can't remember which one of those, uh, Starcade 2 or 3 where he's, he's wrestling Flair and then... Um, I believe I can't remember who it was, but a boxer basically stops the fight uh, due to too much blood loss. Do you think it was gonna be one of those? I didn't think it was one of those. Stone Cold okay. moment is what came to mind. Like if you're asking gotcha. what was going through my brain while I was watching, I was like, yeah, he's gonna get him in the walls of Jericho. He's gonna be bleeding, and then the ref's gonna stop the match. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I can live with that. And then I could live with that. And I'm watching the match, and. Yeah, uh, he he goes for the, the Judas effect. Chris Jericho goes for the Judas effect, and then Cody turns it into a cobra. Uh, Cody turns it into the crossroads. I literally jump out of my chair, run up to the guard, almost to the guardrail, because <laughs> I knew it was three. I knew it. And you want when when they was like, man, you know, I've been watching wrestling years. People don't get me. They got me. That spot got me. I was like, this is it. He's, this is over. I, I flew to Baltimore. It was for all the right reasons. All that stuff went through my mind in like a one second. And Jericho kicked out. And that, oh, my God, the air went out of me. <laughs> and then, uh, so he gets him in the walls of Jericho. And then he gets him in the actual line tamer. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I watch it. And he's so down. I was like. Is he just going to tap? I thought he was just going to tap. I mean, he was so locked in. There was nowhere to go. I thought he was just going to tap. And then I saw the towel before he threw it in. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> MJF's about to throw in the towel. And I mean, I like, and it was like, and it was funny. It, I ain't going to say it was like a minute. It was like 10 seconds before he did it. I was like, this dude's about to throw in the towel. And I'm looking at it, and I was like, the only thing, you know, you know, I do my Monday morning quarterbacking thing. Only thing is, I the way it was, you know, it actually made sense for him to throw in the towel. Cody wasn't moving. Yeah, he was dead to rights. He was dead to rights. So if you wanted to really make it seem like MJF screwed Cody over, Cody should have been making his way towards the ropes. And been like an inch away from the ropes, and then he threw in the towel. Because mm. to yeah. me, it, it actually logically made sense. I mean, he was not moving in the walls of Jericho. Shit, I might have threw in the towel. Yeah, yeah, I, I think. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree that that would have that would have been more effective. It would have, it would have, yeah. And it was even like, yeah, you know, you know. And then uh, after the match, and I was like, they're doing the hugging thing. And I thought, and, and they really had me. I, I thought they were going to drag it out. thought Cody was like, man, it's okay. I forgive you. I was like, oh, okay, they're going to drag out this thing until MJF eventually turns on them. And then, bam, kick to the nuts. What? And I, I mean, in building, and, I, and I'll tell you, because I actually watched the show right after I got back. Mm-hmm. They did not get the audio. Yeah, that's there was what I figured. A, there was an audio issue 
because yeah. the crowd was loud in building, and it was like, and I and even this one actually came through pretty well, and it was like boo, and you know everybody was into it, and it was just like. I hadn't heard a reaction like that in a very, very long time. I, I mean, I couldn't pinpoint a time, but I hadn't heard a heel turn like that on that nut shot. And I was like, and then he pushes him down. And then I guess there's a plant that throws through the, through something at him. And I'm like, cause I'm in, you know, in the moment, I thought it was just like really a person that did it. And I was like, oh my God, I haven't seen heat like this in, you know, 20 something years. You know, I mean, shit. I haven't seen anyone throw something in the ring in like a long time, long, long time. I, I'd say late nineties. So I was, I was caught up in it, but yeah, it deflated me. I, I can honestly say it, it took something out of me. I missed initially. I missed about the first 15 minutes of the Kenny Omega, uh, Kenny Omega, a Moxley match. I just was, I was emotionally drained at that point, and then I got back in. I got back into that match and was able to finish the show. Good thing that match went thirty six minutes, so I didn't feel like ah. I missed. I didn't miss too much of it, but yeah, I was down, and I was like, so all of all this week, and I was like, well, I wonder how they're gonna go back on the stipulation. And then the Jacksons like, dude, there's no point of having steps if you don't, you know, make them count. And I was like. Okay, and then Cody sends out that message. And all I could think is, I mean, in his executive role, he just might have decided he's never going to be champion. And I was like, interesting, interesting. But, you know, of course, I have to turn it to a positive. Well, let's just say he never does. I saw his only title defense for AEW. You know, I was there. I was in the building for his only title defense. I, I I personally, especially if they do a secondary title and maybe he has a run with that, I can honestly live with him never being the champion because I know his fingerprints are way more on the product than, you know, just being the champion. Gotcha. So now you have joined the camp of Caleb in saying that you want a secondary title. Um, Let me tell you, I want a secondary title that makes sense. I don't think you should just have a secondary title. Honestly, I would probably stick with just almost like NXT did. I would stick with these three primary belts for maybe a year or two. It would be a while before I introduce. I don't want it introduced in like January or February. But that being said, if they did it, they do have abilities to do it right. But I, I personally, I wouldn't. It'd be late 2020, maybe 2021 before I introduce that next belt. Whatever gotcha. it is. It's okay. just, it's just, I would, I mean, it, it work. You have a program right now. You working, people are learning the characters and it's just like, just having a, a belt to have a belt wouldn't make any sense to me. It's just, I mean, that's the reason NXT allowed themselves to grow organically. And I'm not just comparing them to NXT. It's just NXT is my other second or other favorite wrestling product. And they allowed their self to grow organically. It was about the world title. It was about the women's title. It was about the tag title, you know, and they all got their own shine. And I think the legacy of those belts built up. And now you're looking at NXT. They got the world title. They got the North American title. Now the 205 title is under the NXT brand. And it's too many damn titles. And I'd yeah. rather have too few than too many. Yeah, I'm definitely in that boat. Like, 
it's, it's okay for people to not always to you know for like the top top people to have the belts and whatever the respective divisions they are and to show you that like as good as some somebody is as good as a let's say a you know back in the day a, a piper or a million dollar man was uh, for them to never get that belt shows you like the value of that belt yeah. right because obviously they were they were all making moves on those belts they just never they never got it because you know Hulkamania was such a huge draw or, or Macho Man was you know was was such a charismatic figure like or you know that i feel like that that kind of shows you how important the belt was and i that's kind of why i i watch like new japan for example is to show you like not everybody gets that thing yeah you know usually you know someone like yoshihashi if he was in the wwe they would have like somebody that's a consistent character they would have given him like you know like the Hey, I'm gonna give you a quick run with the U.S. title. You're gonna win like by a roll up, and then you'll lose the next week. That doesn't happen in New Japan. You know, there's a pecking order, and I, you know, me, it makes it easier to watch when it's like that. It's just to me, it's like that way when someone like you know when Juice Robinson's slated under you know Ishii or whatever, and he beats him, it's a big deal. It matters to you. Right. Because there is a slotting, and you've seen Ishii drop him on his head like twenty-seven times in tag matches. You're like, oh, okay. Now you can see the elevation happening. I don't like I said. I don't really know how AEW is going to go with that, but I think it makes sense to have that type of. Uh, uh, it makes sense to have that type of slotting and to establish who is going to be your stars. Like, like for me, Darby Allen is. Is kind of getting pushed as kind of a top guy. He's going to be in that not upper to you know secondary tier right there. He's going to be competing with the good guys, and it's like okay, that's that's good. But but and then you saw you saw you know if he's anyone less than him, he's going to dominate the match. You know, and that's pretty cool. Yeah, and and, and for me, um, like it it just helps you in the future like all this stuff for me is like insurance and credibility so yeah um you know let's say there is a time where you know people there's a there's a just a slate of injuries or whatever else and and whatnot like if you if you have your belt on a chris jericho uh a kenny omega a moxley a Pac, a um uh well not cody anymore but if cody was still eligible at the time like a cody for for two three years and then like let's say there's a spat of injuries and you just time to it's time to build up a you know a Scorpio Sky or a, or a Darby Allen like you 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 have that 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 the prestige and the ins- and the credibility built in that belt for you to you know obviously you can try to fake it till you make it and the crowd will be more forgiving of the fact that like look this is what you've done with this belt and now like this is this person's turn with it or whatever else like that can help you know that that's a Back in the day, that sort of thing where like you can actually use the belt to kind of help make somebody or or start somebody up in a way where now like that's just impossible because it, you know in '98 we started basically hot potato in the belt or '97 we started hot potato in the potato in the WWE belt. Yeah. So that's you know that I feel like that that it helps you out in ca- in case of emergency in case yeah. you need to break the glass. Yeah. When I was young, uh, the re- a lot of the reason Arn Anderson is my favorite wrestler is because uh, on Saturdays or Sunday mornings, you know, whatever it's Power Hour or whatever Mm -hmm. the weird names of the uh, Saturday morning WCW show, the main event was usually the television champion, and that was usually Arn Anderson. So 
you know, Saturday mornings versus Saturday evenings. Saturday evenings, my dad was watching football. So it was hit or miss whether I got to watch the Saturday night show. Mm-hmm. A lot of other than like Ric Flair, my champion was Arn Anderson because yeah, he's sure. the champion of that show. And that was the show that I watched the most consistently. And it's just like, and, and it was like he was the champion. Not everybody got to run with the TV title, but, you know, Arn Anderson did. And you would see people like Tom Zink and. Uh, I think that's the uh, he was the Z man back then. You know they would uh they, before they got elevated they before they got elevated they would work that main event program with Arn Anderson and that's how you knew that you know a push was coming soon. You know and it was just like so when used correctly a secondary belt is all right and you just made me think about it. You know when I want them to if if they're going to introduce a secondary belt you know when I want them to do it when when they start doing like the like the um house shows ah okay so if they do house shows and and, you know you can main event with the secondary title and when you don't want to main event with the world title that i guess that could make sense you know what i mean that that seemed like a good uh a good time to do it right 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 but yeah i i'm not a belts for belt sake person it's just i'd rather I'd rather the belts that you have matter. I think uh, we, we're going to talk about this in a minute. I think they can do a better job of elevating the women's title. So oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. yeah. I, look, you were going to disagree with me for that one. Yeah. In, in fact, in fact, you know, I'm sure you've seen me talk at different times and say like, yeah, like. In fact, James is probably like that's not even enough. <laughs> yes, like like I said, I'm not gonna be like I'm not super negative on it, and like I am like it's early, you know. Everybody's like, well, WWE's doing this and this company's doing this. Well, Impact's been around for almost 20 years. WWE's been around for 40. You know, you know, give AEW a minute. You know, they might not be doing it right, but you know, give them a minute. But we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, all right, but yeah, Full Gear was great. Had a really good time at the show. Uh, I, 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 Moxley and Omega is. I will say just so the fans know, I am not going to ignore it. It's just not my cup of tea. I, mm-hmm. I, it was like I, I. The best way I can say, deathmatch wrestling is like horror movies, and I hate horror movies. <laughs> and, yeah, and, and it's like if you like horror movies, that's great. But you can take me to the greatest horror film ever that has the greatest analogies and you know, you know, and symbolism, and it tells an amazing story. And I'm gonna walk out like that. That was shit because I don't like mm-hmm. horror movies. You know what I mean? It's just like so. That's what I'm like. I'm not gonna say it was a bad match. I, I tip my hat to them the, the shit that they're willing to put themselves through to entertain people. It's just not for me. And I wish more people could just say that. You know, right, instead right. of like, oh, this is this is this and trying to come up with some kind of intellectual reason that they hate it other than just saying, you know what? It's not what I like. So like Dave, yeah. Dave's like, I, I hated it. But and he, and he gave it a four point five. And I could honestly, <laughs> you know what? And I could honestly see that because he's going based on he's trying to take himself out of in his personal feelings. And he's trying to say. How is technically executed? The crowd's reaction to it. This is how you get a four point five. But me personally, it was like I'm not rating it. I don't think it's fair for me to rate it because I wasn't gonna like it from the beginning. I didn't know they were gonna do all that shit. I mean, right. yeah. And people were like, "Well, it's a dream match," and I was like, "Much respect." That wasn't my dream match. My right. dream match is John Moxley 
versus Kenny Omega in a G1 style type match. That's yeah. my dream match. Same here. <laughs> That's so. So what? Prefer, prefer, <laughs> preferably in Kurikan Hall. Yes, my so my style. So that wasn't my dream match. <laughs> you know, like I would you when you talk to me about my dream matches, a board filled with mousetraps will never be in that dream. Yeah, barbed wire. Here. You know, barbed wire things, and it's just like it, it. Like I said, it was you know the section I was in. Never sat down. After about five minutes into the match, they mm. were up the whole time. And and it was great. And when they were brawling back to the ring, Moxley and Omega walked right past me. And it was just like, you know, I understood the spectacle of it. And I, I respect it. And, and that was like, I'm like, I'm not going to ever bury it because what they put themselves through, shit. You know, you deserve a standing ovation for that. It's just not something I want to see. Yeah, yeah. I, I I thought it was a great match. If there were um like him crawling through the glass made me like turn literally turn away. Even though like later you find you, you realize come to realize, oh yeah, that's the sugar glass stuff. But just the just the thought of him you know, like on his forearms, walking through the glass, I just like, nah, that's sad. I I can't stomach that. Um I I mean I but like as far as other parts of the matches, like of the match, like I thought, it did have psychology and storytelling involved in it in a way that, like, when I heard people that hated the match said it wasn't there, I'm just like, I don't know what you're talking about because, like, you have, for me, it was like the chain, the chain thing to bring up is funny. Like, it, it's kind of humorous. Like, they do all the stuff with the, with the chain after uh, Omega says to Moxley, "What are you, what were you going to do, chain wrestle me?" Like, that was funny. Um, but the part with all the glass is like that's cut. That's basically a playback on when. You know the first episode of of Dynamite. Dynamite, where he, you know, he gives him the the Death Rider or whatever they call it, the paradigm shift uh, through that that glass table. Like that's that's a play on that. Like that that's elements of the stuff that like got me when I was younger. So, um, so that stuff was there. I think they took it too far. I think the mouse trap thing. If they took out the mouse trap and then the the web of barbed wire. I think if you take those two things out and then you could, you know, you fill it in with other stuff. Um, I, I feel like a lot of I feel like a lot of people would, uh, wouldn't hate that match as much, but it is what it is. Like a lot of people liked it. A lot of people didn't. It got people talking. I'm not much of a got people talking thing person when it's like stuff that is like potentially problematic. And I didn't think this match was necessarily problematic. So I think I thought the match, you know, as long as they don't keep doing this, doing it and coming back to it often, if this is something where they do, you know, maybe once or twice, once or once a year, or even once every two years, I'm I, I'm okay with it. But if this comes to a thing where like we're going to see this every pay per view, and I, then we have a problem. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, the lights out the idea of a gimmick should be the end of a feud to me, and it's, yeah. and it should be it should be built up to it should be something. Fans are online like, dude, I need this type of match. I don't want it to be on dark anymore. You know what I mean? It, <laughs> it, it should be the. It should be. It should mean something. And it's just like you've done what three or four already, and it's just like uh, it's becoming hokey to me at that mm -hmm. point because it doesn't. If you're going to put somebody through that, you know, it needs to be for a reason. 
It's like, why do you, like, they never had a regular match. It's like, I understand they had a general hate for each other, but it didn't seem like it had reached that level yet. But, again, they went out and performed. They cut the right promos. It ended up working. It's just, like I said, first of all, it's not my thing. That's a big part of it. And I think they could have just told a really physical in-ring match. Same here. And, I mean, parts of the match when they were doing the wrestling and they're going back and forth between V-triggers and clotheslines, like, like that was, you know, the part of the thing that kind of got me back into after, you know, he the elbow situation um, canceled or postponed this matchup from All Out to where they had the tag match, I think it was only the first or second episode of Dynamite, and they're going back and forth, and just like, see, now, now my interest is back to where it was, where, like, you know, earlier in the year, like, this was, like, my most anticipated match of the year. Um, I'm still wait. I'm you know I'm probably have to wait you know six months a year year and a half two years until I get like the pay per view match between those two where they're actually having a regular rules wrestling match. But I felt I feel like they kind of got themselves vision where like we've been building towards this you know now at this point for like six months or since May anyway. How can we kind of get the interest back? And that's what they came up with. And you know, yeah. I wish they just won a regular match too, but I'm not. I'm. I'm not exactly like upset that they gave me a great match either. And, and, and that's know? what I'm like. To me, I'm big on the whole buffet idea of wrestling. Mm-hmm. I don't have to enjoy everything on a show for me to enjoy the show. You right. know what I mean? So it's like that match wasn't for me, but I enjoyed everything else on the show. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's just like, and some people didn't enjoy certain matches. Some people didn't like the, you know, like the triple threat tag match or wh- whatever you don't like. You know, some people were going to not like certain things, and that's fine. You know, you get right. a little bit of everything. And that's why, like, I'm never going to shit on a match. It's just not my, it's not my cup of tea. It's like, I don't know, I don't know, I know seafood people that you come out and you can take them to New Orleans right off the port and give them the freshest, best seafood ever. And they're going to just like, I don't want that shit. (laughs) I don't eat seafood, you know? It's like, Mm -hmm. I'm really, as a person that goes and sees almost 100 movies a year, I can tell you the best analogy for me is horror movies. I don't watch them. I don't watch them. I have no no use for them. I don't like to be scared. It's not, it's not something I want to be in life. So it's like, like I said, you can be like, man, this is an art house film. Uh, Steven Spielberg got uh, Steven Spielberg got with JJ. Uh, uh, what is JJ Abrams? Yeah, JJ Abrams, and they made the greatest analogy for what horror and how it works with the world. I'm like, nah, I'm good. And I'm like, you know, I go. I'd rather go see a Hallmark rom com. You know, that's how bad it is. I'd rather. Hey, work. sir. There's nothing wrong with. There's nothing wrong with rom coms. I watch, I, I, dude. I watch a Hallmark Christmas movie a day from now <laughs> until the end of the year. So, I, that's why I'm just like, I just know what other people think of them. <laughs> I, I love. I'm, I, I, I'm just sticking up for the rom com. I saw Last Christmas last night. Oh wow! <laughs> Hell yeah! I am a rom com fan. <laughs> so it was like I saw that last night. So yeah, I I have no problem with rom coms. I'm just talking about how uh, using other people's feelings towards those type of movies. But yeah, you know, I, I love me. I love I love movies where I can turn off my brain. I do, and that's how I feel about rom coms. So, but yeah, so that that match was just like I was watching it, and I was like, you know, I'm give it a shot, and I'm I'm trying my hardest, and I even went back and watched it 
again. All 36 freaking minutes of that match, I watched it again. I know exactly how long it was because <laughs> I watched it again. And I was just like, you know what? Hats off to the gentleman. Hats off to Moxley. Hats off to Omega. I will never watch that match again. <laughs> yeah, so the thing the thing for me is um, because I watch so much wrestling now, um, I watch more wrestling I ever have in my life uh, this year uh, compared to other years. Um, I Now we're getting towards the end of the year. Like I'm starting to like try to like uh, – prioritize and kind of get my mind around organizing like how I'm going to how me rich and I guess also the rest of the network is going to handle some um addition special end of year in additions of shows whatever else and um one one of the things I thought about was like you know it'd be cool if we could try to you know kind of get together or whatever else or or whoever else and try to come up with like a list like you know 10 not 10 best matches because that's kind of you know that's subjective and that's nothing but you know, people, you put out a list and people complain about the list regardless of whatever the list because everybody has their own opinion. Um, but, like, come up with, like, a favorite top ten matches sort of thing or whatever else. And, like, I kind of started out by, like, listing off matches from different federations or different promotions or whatever else. And this is a ma- this, and I'm going to probably go back over the ones, go, go over and, like, kind of, you know, go over initial thoughts and rewatch them kind of be like, all right, yeah. Uh, I don't. I kind of misremember this or whatever. So this is exactly how I remember it, or this is better, or this is worse. And I'm gonna like this a match. This in the Cody match, two matches. I'm gonna put up on the AEW thing and go back and be like, you know what? I feel like maybe I was unfair to this match, or maybe this was even better than I remember initially watching it. So um, I'm gonna go back and watch uh, the Cody match, uh, and I'm gonna go back and watch the uh, the Moxley match and. Um, I'm going to have a particular eye out for the uh, for the Cody match because, like, I remember, like, I think a couple of days after uh, me and Rich's podcast, you had came to me and said, like, you ain't feeling our review of the match. And I was like, man, I, I said it was good. Then, like, I just, but, like, for me, it just didn't grab me in the way that it grabbed a lot of other people. And I'm okay with, like, not being in on the Babyface Hill dynamic for, for a 30-minute match that, like, isn't, you know, it is trying to tell me an 80s wrestling story that I'm just not, I'm kind of, I feel like I'm kind of past that. So, like, I'll, I'll try to, I'll go back and I'll rewatch it with, the, with that in mind. Like, that, like that's what it's actually was going for as opposed to, like, it could be anything. Rich, and I'll see, I'll see what I come up with for it. Rich killed me with the NWA cosplay thing. I was like, I was like, what? I, I get, I get it to a point because they do, you know, live in that 80s wrestling thing but i'm like you know again that's the wrestling that made me love wrestling period you know right, what right, i mean right. so and whenever it goes back to that whenever it harkens back to a simpler time or if the faces don't and faces and heels why are they fighting because they don't you know one's a face and one's a heel that's why you know and mm-hmm. in that match i just thought it told the perfect story and i and it's like it got people to care which is really, really hard to do in wrestling these days. I mean, people like to bitch, but they don't care. You know what I mean? And in that mm-hmm. match, I felt like, even in the audience, there was a genuine care and need for Cody to win that title. And I right. and I was like, you don't get that much. So I was mm-hmm. very excited about that. Now, do I think the match was like six stars? No. I, no. I, I, no, no, it was a good match. It was it wasn't even his best match of the year. Either one of their best match of the year, but Oh, absolutely. I, not. I, I, yeah, yeah, I I, I, I I I just thought it was a solid heel face dynamic. Of course, 
And if you ever, t- if you ever, I know, I don't know, you're probably not the uh, expert on Cody that I am. When you ask Cody what his, the greatest match in wrestling history is, you know what he says every time. Oh, um, is it from WWF or it's, is it from WCW? W, WWF. It's gonna tell oh, you everything. Oh, it's probably a submission match. No, it's gonna tell you everything you need to know about Cody. He said oh, the greatest uh, match in wrestling history was the Rock versus Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania. Oh, exactly, oh. exactly. Because you turn that you if you watch the match and you look at the crowd reaction, it was like two gods fighting each other, and it was probably the loudest I've ever heard any any uh, people for a wrestling match. It's probably the loudest audience I've ever heard. Yeah, I mean but, it's the loudest one. Yeah, it's the yeah. loudest one since like at least yeah. I mean what Andre and uh, Andre and Hogan. Yeah, but if you Probably. press mute, that match was shit. <laughs> uh, okay, so I don't hate that match. I just think like the match is what it is, and like it worked and whatever. Like I'm okay with matches working. Yeah, right. Well, no, um, but I'm just saying, you know, physically, it nothing really happened. You know yeah, what I mean? That's, and, and that's also they switched up at the last, they switched it up like in the ring because of the reaction that Hogan got. But they were two characters playing to the crowd. Yep. That is Cody's professional wrestling. You know, he has to do a lot of the stuff he has to do because that's what the audience expects now. But Cody's professional wrestling is Hogan versus The Rock at WrestleMania. He's you know, that's that's what he goes for. And if you look at that, you look at the Jericho and you think of that match, yeah, it's all about the character playing to the crowd, you know, the emotions of the match more than it is the technical wrestling aspect of it. Yeah, I, I just the thing with, with me and the, or the Cody and Jericho match is like I feel like all the emotion of the match was like taken care of before the match actually happened. Like that program was incredible and the in the, the talking segments were incredible to build that thing. So like I feel like what they could have literally done anything in order to work because it was such a great program and uh, and it's already it is already a crowd that's flying in um for for you know uh to see what happens between Cody and Jericho and see you know especially with that step added um i just for so for me it's kind of like you had them in your hand before it belly even wrong so like yeah. from you for, for for me it's like and and they wrestled it, it, to me they wrestled like in that way like uh, in a course of that so like I'm not gonna knock them but just for me it's like that just wasn't what I was looking for that night. Yeah, I can understand that. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I I think I met ten people from Baltimore the whole time I was there. <laughs> no, it was it was a complete flying crowd. It was and it was crazy or driving crowd. It was it was a great time. It's just. Uh, I got to meet Mox since it it was my first time uh, seeing at Starcast. I had first time uh, actually meeting Mox or seeing Mox since uh, the two days before WrestleMania 30. So okay, yeah. So, so is he is he is he? Let me tell you. Does, does he feel like he wants to be there at least? Let me tell you. The first time I met Mox, hey man, big fan, blah blah blah. Talked to me for about 30 seconds. I was like, okay, that's cool, right? Mm-hmm. This time. Hey man, I really enjoyed your, you know, G one. Your match with Ishii was amazing. Blah blah blah. Thanks for mm-hmm. watching. That's what he said. Thanks for watching. And then I kept talking because you know I'm Floyd and I talk. And then as I was walking away, he said, "Thanks for watching again." That seriously, six words to me. Mm. Thanks, yeah, that, I, thanks I, for I, watching twice. And I don't know if it was just a long day. He was tired. You know, people have bad days. It was just like. I can't tell you two more extremely different experiences. <laughs> gotcha. 
So, so I don't know. Then he gets up there. So I go. Then he gets up there and he's uh, doing his uh, like um, you know, Mox and Jim Ross talking, and he's like super energetic and super outgoing. And I'm like, the fuck was that? What did I get? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, dude, all right. I was like, cool. You know what, everybody? He must have not felt like doing it, and that's great. I like, like, seriously, the only person on the AEW roster I haven't met is Jericho at this point. Uh, and it's honestly, in Jericho, until I can honestly say, until Jericho went to New Japan and, you know, like found himself again, I wasn't a Jericho guy. I could have went yeah. the rest of my life without meeting Jericho. And and it's just like when he got out of there, you know, Jericho was like, you know, if you like who the best wrestlers in the world, you know, Jericho would always be on the list. You know what I mean? Because, you know, Jericho's, you know, reinvents himself, but he was never my favorite. But, yeah, since after after his uh, from his first New Japan match to now in AEW, he's probably right there in one of my favorite wrestlers. He's just I just I just grown that attachment towards him you know what i mean but i never had before honestly it would have been like i think i've had several chances to meet chris jericho and i just never even tried so yeah it, like jericho jericho is a person that grew on me after the punk thing because i remember i i wasn't watching wrestling between 2000 2011 so um, like the 2008 run and, you know, the, the, you know, the him and triple H stuff and, uh, the double champ stuff. Like I missed that, that era of Jericho, but like when I was younger, like I was a kid. So like Jericho was working because I didn't like the fact that he was a jerk. Um, and he was like, he was messing with all the luchadors that I loved. like Ray's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. So, um, flash forward to now 2012 with the stuff with, with punk or whatever else, like, I thought it was great work, and the times he's came back to WWF, I thought he did his stints were, were very good, except for like maybe one or two runs, or maybe one. Probably the, the stuff he's doing Wyatt, I, I just didn't care for it. And the stuff he did at the beginning of 2016 with uh, the Ambrose Asylum stuff, that was whack. But um, pretty much everything outside from that was like it was spot, it was on point. So like for me, it's like all right, I was a kid, and I understand the talent. Like he's a great talker. He's he's has incredible comedic timing and wit. Um, he's able to roll with the punches. He's able to get almost anything over because he doesn't take himself seriously, and the crowd re- recognizes that too. Um, so, like when he did this run, like it's, it's starting. To, he's starting to climb up the list for me personally. I haven't really done this a list of thing of like favorite wrestler all the time because there's too many wrestlers now. But like, I feel like he's grown from a person I just respected as he was a good wrestler to, yeah, like this is one of the this is one of the best guys of this era. Yeah, and that's and that's that's I mean that's what I'm like, that's what happened to me, and it's like now it's like I love the guy, and it's like mm-hmm. I really look forward to Chris Jericho and his promos and things like that, which we are about to get to as we start reviewing, uh, or as we start reviewing uh, Dynamite this week. But yeah, Chris Jericho is like he's grown on me. Like it's like now I'm like I would even go to a Fozzy concert to see <laughs> him, which I don't. I'm not a fan. I don't like I'm like I'm sitting there uh, I I think I've told this story like at double or nothing and his music hits and Judas hits and I'm looking and everyone knows every word to this song and I'm like Mm -hmm. I'm looking I'm like is this a thing 
And then I found out that it's like got a hundred million views on YouTube. I'm like, ah, this really is a thing. People like this song. <laughs> so Chris Jericho has a hit now. Oh, okay. I I didn't know anything about it. It was like uh-huh. I knew Fozzie was his band. They've come to Oklahoma like several times, you know, like for like uh they'll do like music festivals or whatever and it's like I'm like looking around and like like people that like I hate Chris Jericho, Judas is and I'm like Wow, they I mean they're into it. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. It's a thing. Not a <laughs> not a song I like, but again, I don't like I have to like everything. And but it's over. It's over though. <laughs> I was like, I felt like like when I saw people singing it, I was like, is it possible for him to be a heel? <laughs> I, I didn't know because it was like everyone was so into him. Everybody was decked out in the Jericho cosplay, and they loved him. And I was like, he does a really good job of flipping the crowd. Like this week, uh, like this week, he did a really good job. But uh, I never did this, and I need to get in this this show. Uh, we forgot to tell you that this show is uh, brought to you by Power Slam TV. Power Slam TV, where you get over four thousand hours of content. From 110 hours of fake, uh, 110 of your favorite wrestling brands from countries around the globe onto your laptop and mobile device. Use so- the code so suplex, you'll get the first month free. Forgot to do that. Uh, we jumped right into the show. It was great though. But uh, yeah, let's talk about Dynamite. How? What did you think overall thoughts on Dynamite, sir? Another another very good show. Um, I thought that this show was the most. Um, I feel like if this is the balance that they're going to go forward uh, as far as their show, that I feel like this is better balance than what they were doing before, where it was mostly all matches and very little um, in between time to get over uh, directions and and um, and characters. I, I really enjoyed um, the amount of TV time they sent to the the, the you know talking stuff uh, this week, especially coming out of the pay per view. It's almost like the it was almost like a directive, like all right, we did pay per view. Now we need to like either start transitioning people into other uh, directions or or set the agenda for what's to come for people to know like where we're, where are we kind of headed towards over the next few weeks on the show before the next pay per view eventually in whatever month that is. So I, th- I thought that was a good job. Yeah, the big thing about start when they started, you know, the TV show, it was like building to a pay per view that was like a month and five days later. It was like right there, so they had to go. They had to start pretty hot and heavy. Now they got, from what I understand, it's going to be like President's Day weekend in February. I might uh, be that- I might be wrong, but I think that's what they're gonna shoot for. It's- the funniest part. The funny part is like that's what I assumed it would be. Yeah, because like you look at. Um, Double or Nothing was um, Memorial Day, um, full gear. I'm sorry, uh, the pay per view we had just now, um, or not pay per view, just had all out. That was what, what, what Labor what, Day, what, Labor Day, and then and then um, what do we just have? Uh, veterans, veterans? I'm sorry, Veterans uh, Veterans Day. Day. Yeah, so it was like, all right, so what do we have in the in the you know January February range? Oh, probably probably. President's Day or whatever else. Yeah, I and, feel like MLK was a little too early, so I think they go with President's Day. Yep. So uh, that's how, kind of what I was assuming, but now to hear that you say that, like that's probably the direction. Like, oh, that ah, uh, yeah. just be guessing. I fig- I kind of figured it out. That's cool. Now yeah. I have myself on the back of being right. Yeah, and that looks like that's where it's going to be. We don't know where it's going to be, but that's what it looks like. Uh, the showtime is going to be. Uh, so you know. Car, things are subject to change, so if they come out and say, "Hey, it's Martin Luther King Day weekend," hey, 
I just was going by with the rumors that we heard over the weekend. Um, but, yeah, so it looks like, you know, if it does then, they have a lot more time to build their storylines to pay-per-view. So, like an episode like this, which I would call what should be like their standard, you know, not, I wouldn't call it a standard episode, but they're like baseline episode. Uh you know, when you're looking at that, it was a really good episode that way. And it was just like it it started building up your uh, new rivalries. It, it and it started to extend it, introduced some new characters, brought back a new character. It's like it. I will still say this. There are two hours of wrestling to me. And you can disagree is the best paced wrestling show that there is right now. Um, there's nothing that I immediately would disagree with. So, so I mean, but yeah. but it's up there, definitely. Yeah, because the reason I say that it's just you don't get really get time to be bored unless you don't like wrestling. You know what I mean? I mean, there are sometimes the matches are a little slow, but you know, for people that like wrestling, that's not that big a deal. But you know, that's the only time it really slows down. But when they're not wrestling, something's happening. And it's just, right, right, yeah, right. And it's like, there's no way, like, hey, I'm going to turn the channel here. There's no real time to turn the channel and check the other show unless you're turning it while the actual wrestling's going on. All right. Yeah. All right. So, uh, first match uh, building on from the pay per view uh, we got uh, Michael Nakazawa versus uh, Johnny Moxley to start the match. Nakazawa is in, you know, he was in the medical room with uh, Kenny Omega, and he's like, I. he even tweeted, I know I can't win, but I had to do something, and he didn't do much. He even threw the oil down. You know, you know it was getting serious. He threw the oil down, and, yeah, and then Mox just pretty much dropped him on his head and beat him. There wasn't really much to talk about when it came to wrestling. Your basic watch match. Uh, Mox then uh, pulls the mic uh the promo pretty much says he's moving past Kenny Omega and says no one else is tough enough in, in essence no one else is you know tough enough to fight him and he in essence issues a open challenge so what did you think about this whole first segment sir um i i thought it was effective um he beat up Kenny's lesser uh or um less tough friend um a couple nights after having uh, this, I guess, uh, torture porn fight against uh, against uh, Omega B Seven, and says I moved on. I've, I've you know, I'm, I challenge more or less. It's just open challenge anyone in the back. Um, I was surprised that I was surprised. Or I guess never saw coming that uh, who was going to answer it or expected it. But um, I'm glad. I think that's going to be a fun match. I think they've had a match before on the Indies that. Um, yeah. That, that highlighted some of the Darby handcuff stuff. But, um, but yeah, I'm interested to see what they do. I think it's next week, right? Yep. And the best part to me is that they didn't interrupt him while he was in the ring. He got his thing out. He got to cut his promo. And it kind of left you wondering who was going to answer instead of, you know, yeah. you know, instead of getting that immediate answer. It actually made you wait for a second. Actually, a few segments before it uh, came through. So I thought it was really well done. Moxley is killer on the mic. You know, he, he has that presence about him, that badass presence. And I, it works. It it worked. And then just, you know, if it draws some people in, then that's great. You know, starting off the show with one of your biggest names draws people in. That's awesome. Yeah. 
Um, that uh, like Moxley has cut two very good promos um, so far in um, on Dynamite, but I still feel like I'm waiting for the one where he drops the bomb on somebody. Like I'm waiting for his, uh, you know, I'm waiting for his, you know, Jericho introduction of the inner circle or Cody's, uh, you know, just completely like clowning on, um, clowning on Jericho talking about you know his book on Amazon being sold for three dollars. Like I'm waiting for. Or, you know, the Ellis Island promo, whatever you want to call it. Like, I'm waiting for one of those. I know he has that in him. Um, so uh, I'm kind of just waiting to see, like, when that comes in. Like, in, I'm still I'm still waiting. Like, I enjoy these good promos so far. But, like, I'm waiting for, like, the the one where they say, like, this is one of the promos of the year type things from Moxley. Yeah, I, and I think, you know, it'll come, of course. But, I, yeah, I, yeah I, he hasn't had that. One, I think his uh, best one to me, and it wasn't even. It was kind of a taped promo. It was that initial like promo going into uh, what was going to be uh, double. Was it? It wasn't double or nothing. Going into all out before it got canceled, and I thought that promo was pretty good. Uh, I thought that was that promo was his best so far, and uh, so we'll see where he goes from now. Uh, the next match. Dark Order versus Jurassic Express. This version of Jurassic Express uh, with Luchasaurus being out was uh, Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt. The Dark Order. Jungle Boy was super over. Needed to point that out. Uh, The Dark Order is actually getting that heel heat now that we know. uh, Some of us that were more patient knew that they would get eventually. It was just like no one knew who they were, so they didn't know to hate him that. Now they know they hate him, and they get booed pretty aggressively. And then, of course, uh, you know, Marco Stunt took the beating, and Jungle Boy did the hot tag, and that was awesome. Uh, they finished the match. Uh, Dark Order finished with their finisher, the Fatality, and that ended it. And so after the match, Evil Uno gets on the mic and basically says, uh, uh, Evil Uno gets on the mic and basically uh, tells um Marco that he's being wasted and he should join the uh, he should join the Dark Order and he tries to put the mask on him. Jungle Boy throws it away. Then they start getting attacked and out comes Luchasaurus to make the save. Uh, the gift spot of the night is three members of the Dark Order are lined up and Luchasaurus throws one kick and knocks them all out. And he saves his little buddies, and they do the hug. Uh, they do a big hug, welcoming Luchasaurus back. Luchasaurus, again, super over. Uh, the accidental star uh, has uh, the accidental star is born, and they can go a lot of ways with them. So, what did you think about this section? I enjoyed the match. Um, I did um, enjoy that. Marco Stunt uh, got a big pop because the crowd realized he gets a lot of shit online. Um, so I, I thought that was I thought that was interesting. Um, I, I enjoyed the layout of the match. It's like he's a small dude. They're gonna get they're gonna give him some shine, and then they're gonna cut him off and get heat on him because he's so small. Um, and then they, and then you know they got the hot tag as, as you mentioned. Um, the Jungle Boy or Jungle Jack hot tag is 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 up there now. It's, it's one of the is one of the best hot tags in the business already. Um, so the right team won. Um, I, I find it, I wonder if they're going to do anything with, uh, Marco being, uh, a, a creeper 
now because they they did the thing where you could be one of us and it was Jungle Boy that grabbed the mask and threw it away. It wasn't it wasn't um, Marco, but then you have Luchasaurus come out there too, and 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 the crowd erupted. They were calling for him. I thought it, I thought it wasn't going to happen because it was too early. I thought they were going to beat him down some more, and then eventually it, it leads to a second. Um, they were going to tease us further down the line until Luchasaurus eventually came out, but he came out um, on Wednesday. He's super over. Um, it's just like that dude clearly has something. He doesn't look completely healthy yet, but you know, in time, hopefully he can, you know, kind of stay off that, that hamstring or whatever else or his leg. And, um, he can kind of, you know, play himself back into uh, working shape or whatever else, uh, with the thing. And I feel like, you know, it's going to be a matter of time before they have to break him out into a single star and same for, for Jack in the years to come. Maybe you keep them, keep them together as uh, they could be like the new day of AEW. Yeah. That'd be cool. Uh, where like they're loosely affiliated, or kind of in the way that we hope that eight or that New Day would have been done, where like they stay a faction, they're super over, they get sell merchandise because they have an appeal to kids and to 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 whoever else, and you can kind of break them off at a certain times because they have that kind of talent, especially Luchasaurus and um, Jungle Boy. But right now they're good where they are, and they all they still have that breakout potential. Hopefully they'll use that in the way that like it took you know the storyline of all storylines volunteer laugh for Kofi. Yeah, yeah. Um, Luchasaurus. I always said uh, when I I said that was their first test from the beginning of the show. I said that, uh, when like from the you know when he got to like June, I was like Luchasaurus is their first test. What are they gonna do with the guy that got over that they didn't want to get over? I mean, of course they want everyone to get over, but he's gotten over a lot quicker and a lot harder than they wanted to. So he yeah. wasn't probably in their immediate plans for you know to get spotlight. So what are they going to do with this? And, you know, the injury, injury, the unfortunate injury actually kind of, you know, worked out because it took him away for a few weeks. And now he got this big reaction on comeback. But I do, I am going to be one of those what's next people. What are they going to do? You know, Jurassic Express, I mean, with the tag team division the way it is, again, uh, having the Dark Order as a rivalry for a while, would actually it actually works, but are the you know are they going to elevate to trying to be tag champs, especially with how deep the division is, or are they just going to break them up? It's like it, I am very intrigued because I think it was like Jungle Boy, you know, Luchasaurus may have been there, you know, Jungle Boy was their guy, and it's like Luchasaurus just went skyrocketed past him as far as popularity. You know, Jungle Boy is definitely going to catch up, but. Luchasaurus yeah. is like he gets like some of the biggest pops of the night, which yeah. is crazy. It, it's almost as if like if you have somebody that's big and jacked and like and looks athletic and kicks people ass, uh, like I and, and I feel like people like gravitate towards that. Yeah. It's almost like that's the entire history of the hundred and thirty year history of wrestling or whatever it is. Yeah, I've, I've, I feel like there's a there's a thread among that. They like watch big people kick people's ass. Yeah, it, it, that dude looks like he's. Uh, carved out of granite he i mean he has the best physique i think in the company I, well for I, that size definitely yeah. i mean because you, know, you obviously you have like neville but, yeah or, yeah, sorry, oh pack, but. yeah yeah uh pack pack uh yeah it's his is just ridiculous i always want to ask him he did he he signed up to do a signing in Nova, uh in nevada i was gonna ask him i was like if i ever get to see him again the question i'm gonna ask do you eat anything you enjoy because <laughs> with abs like that, I don't feel like you can. 
<laughs> so I just like, do you eat anything that's bad for you? Do you have a Snickers? And like, you know, like they're like, do you just eat a chocolate bar? It's like that dude is ridiculously cut. It's like. It's like I always thought Adam Page was in good shape. Then it was like, oh, he's about to wrestle Fuck. Huh. You look a little doughy, Adam Page. Oh, man. <laughs> he, he's in great shape, but when you put him next to him, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it, it also don't help that it looks like, like Heyman's out here working around like for years now with like anterior pelvic tilt. So like it looks like his guts jutted out, but it's, it has nothing to do with like his build. It's just like his structure. He needs to like get some mobility work done. Yeah. But yeah, like I see what you mean. Like there, there, there's always guys that are like sevens and there are guys that are like flat out tens and like, you know, yeah. on the, like, the scale. Yeah, you're right. I'm like, Hangman looks fine, you know? And it's like, but. <laughs> You look at Pac, you're like, oh, well, Hangman, you know, do some setups. It's like, I, you know, I have no room to talk. <laughs> like, I have, I sit up in the morning. That's that's, <laughs> what, that's all the setups I do. So I have no room to talk, but I'm just saying, yeah, you know, you got these two, and they stand next to each other, and it's just like, yeah. It's like Pac is dude. Like, I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, so as we get through uh, the Jurassic Park segment of the show, Jurassic or, or Jurassic <laughs> Express. I do you know I call them that at least ten times a week. Jurassic I, I see Park. I, I can imagine. I call them Jurassic Park at least ten times a week, and I have to correct myself because <laughs> it's like that was what Jurassic. That was the only phrase that was Jurassic, you know, through my whole life. Right. Do you think? Uh, good question. Because you, you were still talking about them. Do you think they actually make a angle out of best friends versus Jurassic uh, Express because of the hug? Oh, yeah. it was funny that Chucky e. T brought it up. And I was Jungle Boy's like, dude, people hug. And then it made me laugh. But yeah, it would be a cool angle. You know, Best Friends, Best Friends is kind of, they were one of those first teams that got announced, but they're kind of getting lost in the shuffle. So yeah. it would give them something to do. Well, that'd be a great trios match. Yeah, it would be. Like throw an orange. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's get the, hey, let's get the trio belts. Shout out to Rich Ladder. <laughs> Rich would watch too much stardom. Yeah, he wants those trios <laughs> belts. You know, you know what? I I was kind of like, me and him talked about it once, and I was like, I I wasn't feeling it, but I was like, it would set them apart from pretty much if if they you know if they took if you know they took that division seriously and people mm -hmm. wanted to win the belt, it would yeah. set them apart. But yeah, that's how. Yeah, like it, like if you have that belt, the thing, the problem with that belt is if you have the trios belt, um, like that more or less comes a secondary tag belt, and yeah. and like I mean they have the factions in place to do it, but you kind of want to focus on like so many of those factions or whatever else. Two of them want to team up together to try to win this top prize in the tag division, so it kind of gets in the way, and also like. We already have these. We're starting to just now get like the regular two versus two tag matches, like under control, yeah. like with Rick Knox, you know, looking like just a just a completely uh, overwhelmed um, uh, single parent. But it, once you throw in like now it's six six people, then it's like it's it's going to be even more wild and more people complaining online and like the camera director being even more disoriented on trying to follow spots in action. So. Um, I feel like you kind of I feel like you got to kind of get your groove on what you're going to do with like your uh, your tag rules and also 
your camera directions and how you're going to call out or be able to, you know, lay out matches for spots at certain times for to be able to catch everything on camera before you with tag wrestling before you even get to trios wrestling. And you got to, you know, what cracks me up uh, is the people on there yelling about rules. And I'm like, I'm I'm like, not to say that there's not a basic rules of wrestling, but AEW is their own company. They're a new company. They haven't Mm -hmm. really, you know, set the rules so a lot of people yeah. assume standard rules you know and right, i right, right. and i think that's something that they could do to uh challenge it and you know the worst part as much as i love him love 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 him he is a god of announcing to me jr shitting on your rules the whole show doesn't help yeah uh, like the thing <laughs> the thing that the thing for me when it comes to their tag wrestling is like they haven't told us what their what their rules are and that definitely hasn't helped anybody like try to understand what the hell is going on in some of these matches at times and people get lost and like the person ends up getting lost even worse and even though like his job is to try to uh is to try to um hide cover for stuff like that he's actually like shining a bigger light on the fact that there are no rules in place set rules for people and like that makes the product you know it, it, it pulls you out of the match of the match that you're watching when Ross is like, "What the hell is going on? Who's the legal man? Why don't you just finish him? Like, so why aren't I, you? Why aren't you going for the pin?" And like, oh my gosh, yeah, it, he it, he, sh- he shits on their product sometimes. Yeah, and, um, I was watching. Um, I can't remember what match we were watching. I was watching a match with a, uh, a couple of the dudes in a social suplex, and it was um, it was like I think it was a tag match, and Ross called the match, and. No one's saying anything or having any issue with, like, not covering people immediately after every single move. And I was like, like, why does he have an issue with this in the 90s? Why is he, like, why is such a such a problem for him now? I don't get it. Well, okay. The only thing I could say for him, you know, I'm not going to, is that the whole call it, like, a sport. And it's like, if it's going to be a sport, you know, people should be continually trying to win the match. And I think that's what he's trying to do. But I don't think he can hear or no one telling him how negative he sounds at times. But uh, I guess my thing is like, all right, if you want to call like a sport, all right, fine. But like you realize like in combat sports that like or you let's say you, MMA, right? Yeah. You realize that once you put somebody on their ass, like you can't always just immediately like go for the finish and meet yeah. there or try to put them away because sometimes you didn't get them out or take them out the way you can. All of a sudden someone throws a fucking uh, you know, he'll kick from the bottom and take and knocks you out. So it's like he doesn't. He like I don't know if it's because of uh, he's not f- that familiar with MMA or whatever else. But like he needs to get with somebody and watch some of these things. Where like you can't just take someone's on their ass and mean you just immediately go for a finish or, or for a pin attempt because that person might not actually be out in or or this person knows it. Like look, or I you, hit them with a move. I only did it to get separation. I didn't actually do that to uh, to actually go for a pin or like. I, like there are ways to get away around that. That like if you, I feel like if you explain it to Ross or or maybe they have and he just has to go for it. But like there are reasonable reasons to be like to not go for the. Oh, he's on the ground. Pin him, you dummy. Like, I, I, like that. That to me, that's what it screams. Like this person that's in the ring in this fight doesn't know what the hell they're doing. Is what I feel like is what Ross is trying to relate to me. And I'm just like, why would you ever say that about some people that you know yeah. that you're trying to say are stars? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, the, what was the big one? Uh, you know, why is he hooking the leg? I can deal with that one, but it's just oh, like, yeah, because that's, that's simple, though. yeah, that's just like that's a, simple. 
He's ex- that per- her person A is and because this really pissed me off with Ross uh, the Shana or the Shanna in um in a car Shida match where uh they're like nine minutes to a match ten minutes to a match and Sheeta goes for a cover and doesn't hook a leg and like they've been going back and forth back and forth and they've been down and up and down and up and it's like the cl- the clear answer is the match is so exhausting that she is trying to short do- come up with a shortcut because she's so exhausted she can't actually lean over somebody and hook a leg to cover because she's so exhausted. That's simple. That's that's a simple story of look how look at the depths these people have gone to in this contest. Like, and for for and then like for Ross say hook a leg. What the hell are you doing? I'm just like, oh my god, Jim, you're killing me. Calm down, old man. That's what you want to yell. Okay, <laughs> yeah, like, you know now it's been late. Like, okay, boomer. Yeah, right? yeah. Is that is that is that a thing? I've seen people, that people are doing that now. Yeah, that is, that's kind of hating. I like I like I said I'm all about the respect for Jim Ross. I just think. You could tweak his calling style to enhance the product more than sometimes he does take away from it, and that's hard for me to say. You know, as an Oklahoman, as a guy that grew up with Mid South wrestling, you know, Jim Ross has been the voice of my wrestling life forever. To even you know suggest that he could tweak, you know, what he does is like almost sacrilege. But, uh, yeah, but yeah, he could. He could enhance the product more. But, you know, people don't know how, you know, it's going to take somebody he trusts giving him constructive criticism. It's never, it's never going to be from me. Like, uh, like a a Mark. He ain't going to listen to us. We bitch about everything. And and, and that's the, that's the thing with kind of older wrestler people. Fans bitch about everything. I'm going to ignore him. But he needs needs someone he trusts to say, you know what? You could enhance it if you just make this tweak. Because I don't think it's a revital, you know, changing everything he does. It's just kind of accepting some things as the way it is. Right. The thing for me is like the taking advantage or the taking suggestion thing is like, you would I would hope that like Tony Khan or the dudes that he's that he's allegedly getting paid to try to put over are people that point out like, hey man, that's not a good look. Or at least, and I don't understand why that hasn't happened yet, yeah. or or why he hasn't listened to these people that are like his job is to try to get these people over, or the person is cutting these checks. How come he's not listening to these people? It's yeah. really weird. Yeah, yeah, I I don't know either. Uh, the next match, uh, we had a triple threat match. What was announced as a triple threat match: uh, Sean Spears versus Darby Allen versus the Librarian Peter Avalon. Uh, it didn't last. Wasn't a triple threat match very long. About. Two seconds into the match, Joey Janela comes out and attacks Spears, and it becomes a one-on-one match where it's pretty much Darby Allen squashing Peter Avalon because, you know, I don't think Peter Avalon got an offensive move in. Uh, Or should he? After the match, Darby Allen gets on the mic, and it's about as simple as he possibly said, Moxley, I accept. I, I just thought it was clear. It was cut. It was impactful. Darby Allen's fucking over. You know, <laughs> so so it works. I'm like, I don't know if this was some kind of secondary star, if he could have pulled, you know, pulled off the intensity that was needed there. But it was like, no, it was like everything. It was like he's coming. You, you like how he gets to the uh, mic. It, you thought he was in like a 30-minute match, and he's like, I accept. And then he walks <laughs> out, and he throws his skateboard down the aisle. And I'm like, oh, God, this dude gets it. He gets it. He gets it, and it's like one of those people that he would have probably been an indie star forever, or he might have got signed by the other company and said and said 
uh, signed by the other company and sat in developmental for seven years, <laughs> and, and then you know got a got a two hundred five live title run. But it's like this guy wouldn't have he wouldn't be what he is right now if he had signed anywhere else. Really, that's absolutely true. And I think it's funny that you call him the the other company like very similar to how Cody called WWE the other company <laughs> a few weeks ago. Um, so so right in my mind, I'm thinking as you're saying this stuff, I'm thinking of. Darby in his interview, um, I think last week, saying that like if he was in WWE, they'd be having him like do weird things like masturbating in a corner in a dark corner of a room or whatever else. So like you compare how they're treating Darby Allen to let's say Aleister Black on yeah. the main roster, and just like those guys have similar things about them, but like one guy is actually you know wrestling on a consistent basis and getting himself over, while the other guy who I think frankly um, is a flat out more experienced and better wrestler um, is, you know, in a room sitting somewhere waiting for people to come fight him, to come knock on the door to fight him. And it's like, yeah, he didn't man, I, I need, I need you to come out here and kick him back. Roundhouse kick people face in the face. Uh, Alistair, uh, I don't know what Vince is doing with you. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's like, it's like the uh, people that write for Alistair back. Don't even have access to his NXT library. He wrestled every week. He just went out there, kicked the guy in the face, and won. And it was just like, and he was over. Yes. <laughs> this is like he, his like, entrance, his stuff, he kicked you in the face, he pinned you. You don't have to try this hard with Aleister Black. Like this time last year when, um, obviously, they were bring, they were doing the whodunit angle with uh, Aleister Black's injury to missing um, Brooklyn 4 and um, – and, you know, Gargano turns out to be the culprit and everything else, and they sent that match at War Games, too. Like, I enjoyed that program so much, and, like, I immediately was like, Alistair needs to, needs to background house some sense into Johnny Gargano. And Johnny Gargano's my favorite wrestler probably in the entire world right now. So, or at that point in time last year. So, like, that, that's how effective I thought you, uh, he was as a as a babyface and a, and a, you know, a bit of a moral compass or somebody else on a revenge path and like to see what is become of him on the main roster after the, the, the black and shade tag team, just like, dude. And and then also when you see the Darby thing, it's like, yo, what is this? What is, what is Vince doing? Obviously like this is a W podcast, but just like seeing, seeing certain people's successes, like also like point out things that happen in WWE and it's like, why does it have to be like this? Like yeah. all you need is a one mind. All you need is like minor changes and like everything could be optimal. Yeah. 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 I mean, Alistair Black goes out there, does his entrance and wins. That's, that's how you build Alistair Black. You know, it doesn't have to be this difficult him sitting in a room in a dark room. And it's like, like I'm like, I've seen Aleister Black, and I've seen people kicking him in the face. I'm not knocking on that door. To me, no <laughs> one knocking on that door just makes damn sense. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm like, it just makes sense not to knock on the door. <laughs> I never thought of it that way. Like, no, nah, that man's too badass. I mean, that man will never be on TV. No one wants to challenge him. <laughs> yeah, I will not knock on that door. Who, who, who would? He, you know, it's like that it makes no sense. So, yes, you're going to have to put people in front of him for him to beat up because, hey, not a lot of people doing it volunteer. It'll be like Braun Strowman doing an open challenge. I'm like, if you're treating this like a sport, no one's answering that open challenge. You know, I know. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, it make it like, I, like I said, Darby Allen, probably their best work to me as far as building a star. Uh, 
you know, I, I mean, so far, yeah, so I, feel, far. I feel like the, I feel like the MJF thing is going to jump uh, this, but uh, yeah. yeah, but right now it's their best work. He is clearly yeah. a star. I mean, yeah, it's like no, like fans react to him the whole time, so it's like okay, cool. You know, and he's trying to get back in the title picture. And like I said, I think he's going to be on that upper tier when they're uh, doing, uh, when they're uh, dividing it up. Because I still don't think it's settled at this point. I think it's clearly like you got Jericho and Moxley in that top tier, but even Kenny Omega loses all the time. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it's on rep right now so far. <laughs> yeah, it's on so- rep. Same thing for the Young Bucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, then we have Nyla pinning Danny Jordan with her bomb. I mean, it feels in, I'm like, I know they're going to try to beat up, build up Nyla, but it felt like, okay, stop bitching about women's wrestling. Okay. Here's a match. Um, cause it, I, it, it was so quick and nothing. And <laughs> yeah, I feel like they have, um, in AEW, it's almost like they feel like they have an allotted time slot dedicated to the women, like per episode. Yeah. And as a, like previous, previous weeks, it was, we were going to dedicate, we were going to dedicate a match of length to, to all this stuff. And this time it was, all right, squash match. Then we're immediately going to do the awesome Kong stuff. Yeah. And it was um, like, and, but meanwhile, like we were going to make sure. And then after that, like we were never, you will never see another woman on this show again. Almost. It's like, yo, this is not the way to do this. Yeah. So, yeah, so we got – then Allie does an interview. She gets attacked by Kong and Brandy. Um, I've heard – I heard on another podcast I listened to, which I, I very rarely bring up other podcasts, but they were, like, um, saying it's kind of cool because they are continuing storylines from Brandy's independent run. You know, she had beef with Allie. She had uh, – it looks like she's going to have – she was in stardom, I guess – did she have some kind of beef with B and Stardom? I don't know. That's, that's uh, I would say no, cause but uh, like the thing here's the thing. I didn't start watching Stardom until last year, but like B in in um and Brandy, I don't think they had much of an interaction. Like they were in rival factions. See? Like Odeo Tai in Stardom. I'm sorry, Odeo Tai in Queen's Quest. Like they 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 hate each other's, uh, especially last year. Um, but like. Brandy was gone, you know, by the time they had their, their big blow off, like, uh, that was, um, Brandy showed up and then Brandy was there for like a month and then was gone. And then like B came in. So I don't think they even interacted. See, I think this is more about Britt Baker. She's beating up people that couldn't beat up Britt Baker. So like the first two Hmm. people that she saw, it was Jamie Hayter had just lost to Britt Baker. So she beat her up. Then, B Priestley had just lost to Britt Baker, so she beat her up. And then the whole Alley thing, it felt out of place, but I think this is more setting up a feud with Britt Baker and Kong more than, you know, Kong. Okay. I think Kong will run through Alley, but I think the ultimate is mm-hmm. Kong and B, uh, uh, Britt Baker because, of course, they're going to try to use it to, you know, put Britt Baker over. Okay, so like I hadn't thought of it that far as far as um uh beating up people that Britt Baker is dispatched. I I just saw it, but not even mentioned the Britt Baker part. Like I don't, I I think it'd be a better story if like <laughs> I feel like it'd be a much more entertaining story from from my end if like Awesome Kong and Brandy Ryder just scalping white woman and then like bees on the top of the list. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. 
No, or yeah. not B, but but uh, but Brits on top of the list. I yeah. feel like that'd be more interesting to me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like you know we we're so sick of you Barbie dolls that we just gonna get all y'all out of the way. Yes. Awesome Kong's pop on Full Gear and on this show was just, you know, it's funny. She just has this respect. You know what I mean? And yeah. of course, I mean, uh, I'm guessing the glow thing helps too. But, oh, definitely. Uh, but yeah, she has this respect, and that's kind of kind of awesome. And she just backfists people in the face, and that's just dope. And uh, yeah, so we're gonna see where they're going. I will. Uh, um, so I guess this is the best time to any. So. In your eyes, so, quick, 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 I have a question for you. Yeah, like you saw the back fist that uh, that she dropped um, Allie with. Who at this point in time in 2019, who would you rather get back fisted by, Awesome Kong or Kyrie? Same. I'm gonna say Awesome Kong because it, it looks light, pretty light. Same, same here. Yeah. Same here. <laughs> it it looked like she was protecting Allie. I, I need her to. I I need. I mean, you know, I don't want people to get hurt, but Allie needed to have a black eye after that one. It, 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 and that would I'm just saying it would have built towards her character. It might have sucked for a few days, but, yeah, she needed to knock the shit out of her because we're building Awesome Kong up. We're building her. Her and Nyla are kind of imposing monsters. Maybe they would fight one day, but you're really building Awesome Kong up as a monster. I mean, that, that, needed, that, uh, that uh, swing needed to be a lot harder than that. Because I'm like, I got people that don't watch wrestling, like my wife that doesn't watch it very often, saying mm-hmm. that looked weak as hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, when I saw it, I was like, oh, well, at least, she, I mean, whatever. She decided how to take her block off, so good for her, I guess. Yeah, I mean, we need her to take the block off. But um, say, say that for pay-per-view. Yeah. So uh, I was going to ask, because we are at the women's section before we talk about uh, the, the you know the last three I guess the last three segments, but uh, what do you think could be done to help the women's division to put it more to the forefront of AEW? Um, I honestly feel after um after this week or especially after pay per view, like um, I feel like there are more women that you can see. There are more women that are over than there were at the beginning. Um, so there's bringing progress being made, but it, it's, it's just happening really slowly. Um, so I'm like, I'm not ready to write the, or AEW off as like, they just don't get it. Uh, I see, I see, um, I see attempts being uh, honest, att- or what I feel are honest attempts being made, but ultimately it's going to come down to, um, eventually like, when are you going to go to an episode where you have more than just, I don't know, 20 minutes like dedicated to women, like, or when are you going to split up these segments to where like, Hour one has a woman segment. Hour two has a woman segment because we're getting that with the tag divisions. Um, so I mean, outside, so outside of that, it's really just like a matter of time before like, what are you going to put some some more of these women on dynamite instead of dark, like a Mercedes Martinez or a Big Swole or um, you know do profile pieces or pro, straight up just actual a program for a match and have it put on dynamite. Because I don't feel like they've really done much in the way of verbal, verbal, you know, talking or mic's time for the women in a way that like builds towards a match or a program on on dynamite proper. Yeah, and and, and that's what I was thinking. I think they should do more women's matches on dark. I really do uh, mm-hmm. to help let everyone get to know these characters. 
Like Ariel Monroe right. has a she's been around a long time. She has a really interesting story, especially with her husband being in the WWE. You know, she now working for the competition. She worked in the May Young Classic, you know, thought she was gonna get signed. That never happened. It's like you have you know, you have these stories that you can tell with these women and and I think you can uh definitely get people behind them and you you see that the I guess the star making machine, as they, as as referred to with a lot of places, seems to work because you've made real a star. Britt Baker's over now, and it's just like shit. Even Nyla was getting cheered for, and it's just like you know, okay, now let's then uh, the next time you have Rhea on a match, have her against someone people think could actually win. I think that's what hate hurt the Emmy Sakura match as far as fan involvement is that no one thought Emmy was gonna win. Like no one thought she was going to yeah. win. Yeah, yeah. So, and, yeah. and then they 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 also like they told us what the match was going to be before they actually gave yeah. Emmy any like reason to actually be in the match. And also, it happened like date what less than five days before announcement five less than five days before the pay per view. And like Emmy on Twitter is get, doing more to get over the damn um, pay per view match than AEW did. And it's like that's a problem. Yeah, Kenny's putting out his own stats and stuff. It's like. They need TV time. People need to see them. People need to believe. Like I said, no one in that arena thought Emmy was going to win that match. And you could tell because, like, all I can go by is my section. Everyone was staring at their cell phones. And and this is also part of the – this this has its own unique like the women having their lack of um storyline development this that has their own specific uh thing needs to be addressed but this, that also wise or weaves to a tap like this over this larger narrative or this larger observation I have of, of AEW where like they truly are all in on believing that like if you watch uh that that people watch more everything. than just their dynamite yeah. Yeah, yeah. everything they put out there which is like. Nah, bro, that ain't the case. And like, I, I mean, honestly, like the last two episodes of Dynamite or uh, Dark, I've missed. Um, and yeah, it's, I not because I, I, it's not because I didn't find it entertaining. It's just like I didn't have any time. There's too much damn other wrestling to watch and other stuff besides that. And, my, and as my in my life besides just wrestling and yeah, so I, they got to figure out how to prioritize this stuff to get it over. I had to catch up. I didn't watch Dark until after the pay per view. <laughs> I, I mean, I watched it on the plane on the way uh, home because I just. You know, you you're trying to make time for it. And it's just like, so you. I mean, if you're talking about the elite extended universe, you're talking, uh, b- uh being the elite. Uh, you're talking dark. You, if they do that, uh, whole, uh, if they do the whole uh, room service with friends thing, any other ancillary videos they put out and dynamite. It's just like most people don't got that much time to dedicate to it. Right. And I remember Rich, uh, I think on the last episode of uh, One Inch Radio, he mentioned that he could see that um, Hangman may turn on Kenny eventually because they shot something on being elite. I'm like, great. Like, so you're doing more stuff where you shot the angle on some shit that, like, most people aren't going to watch. It's like, just put it on your TV and do one less match. If you believe in people telling you what you're going to do and then doing it, that's pretty much what they're going to say. They said, we are going to make a show for our hardcore fans and hope everybody else catch up. I mean, this is that's been their thought process since the very beginning. That that, that that's fine, and that's a and that's a and that's a rewarding way for your hardcores to. That's a great way to reward your hardcores. However, 
I feel like when Rory meets the road, like I, I always go back to um, Batman vs Superman, the movie, right? Like that movie was a dumpster fire. But if you watch the extended version with deleted uh, scenes, that movie becomes somewhat competent. And my and my take on that is, I shouldn't have to watch your supplemental. Uh, your t- supplemental stuff to be able to be filled in on what your main stories are. Yeah. And like, it's not coming into play to, to mess up. Like that's not a situation that's a problem for say the Omega Moxley or the, um, Cody and Jericho programs in the world. But like the stuff that's not getting the air to, to, uh, to actually like give you a reason to care with all these people that are now starting. They're more or less starting out as unknowns, like a Riho, like a Emi Sakura in America. Like you kind of, you, you, you have to stop. You have to just stop there and say, Hey man, people don't know these people. Let, let's, let's do some work to try to get people to get, have some interest in it, or at least not like completely tune out. As you mentioned with people on their phones. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and another one, I, and another even thing, the hype show, you know, the hype show that was on YouTube, the 24 seven thing was awesome. I never got. I never watched it. I didn't watch it until, like, literally they were basically playing it again for the pre-show. Right. And I was like, "Oh, this is pretty cool." Because I, I saw it. Because I was busy. <laughs> I didn't have time to go and watch another forty-five minute show. You put out dark <laughs> and that, and it's like, right. It was like, and this is the person that is a hardcore elite fan. I'm like, right. I'm pretty. I'm about as hardcore as you get. It's just like, but you have. You had Starcast going on and everything. I didn't have time, so I'm watching it in there. And uh, I'm actually going to bring up something from that video in just a second. But it was just, yeah, I, I it's like I can kind of feel you on that. It's just like right, like yeah. we haven't seen any, we haven't heard any promo stuff between Britt or B Priestley to 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 um, put over their pre-show match for Full Gear, yeah. but. They both cut like two minute promos on. I guess they posted it on the the yeah. Twitter, um, and also played during the um, the twenty four seven looking show that they did. And I'm like, so you mean to tell me that you couldn't carve out, I don't know, three or or two hundred two hundred seconds to play either one of those in the last two weeks of these shows? Like the B, B Priestley's promo, You're and Priestley's not. This is, this. It was. It was it was great. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I, I, you you couldn't find you couldn't find two minutes for that, I, or two to three minutes for that. I just find it just be like, I I don't know if it's just. I almost feel like at times with AEW, like they have too many good ideas for their own good to be able to figure out how to prioritize all. They just want to do everything. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I I can agree with that. It's just and and that's the whole thing. Uh, now they like they have three hours a week, and like I said, they're gonna have to. In my opinion, take more advantage of dark. Yeah, and and, and I'm not talking about uh, four way matches or three way matches. One on one, give them a backstory. You know, you know, shoot your pre tapes to let everyone know who Big Swole is. Letting everybody knows why should you care about Big Swole? Why should you should care about Shana? You know, those these new pe- Shanna, these new people that are coming along. Why not just that you care and put the same effort in it because you don't have Cody, Kenny, and the Bucks. You don't have that version of them with the women where everyone knows their backstory. So you're going to have to fill it in. You're going to have to help the people along. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, I yeah. I just wanted to talk about that because, again, 
I love I love women's wrestling. Don't get me, you know, I love women's wrestling, and, and it's like, and I am very much patient. It's just the only way we can do this show is if we talk about things we don't like and that they're not doing as well. Because as Cody said, tell him. He's been very open. They say tell them what they're not doing well. Right now, right now, November 16th, at 7.48 Eastern, <laughs> what they're not doing well is the women's division. I'm not saying they might knock it out the park the next show, but right now they're not doing that well. <laughs> um, yeah, so next segment is my favorite segment of any wrestling show of the year. Jericho comes out. <laughs> uh, Jericho comes out and talks about how Cody's not as good as he thought he was, and he beat Cody, and he's starting to – uh, come out, uh, starting to get on his roll, and then MJF comes out, and they had what effectively would be like a promo off. It's like, do you want to join the? Uh, do you want to join? I heard you wanted to join the inner circle. I heard you wanted me to join the inner circle. Oh man, that was great. And then Jericho's uh, with the golden, the line of the I wouldn't say of the year, but the line of AEW so far actually overtook. Uh, Cody calling him a stupid dick. He says, it seems like your parents were getting horny watching me beat up Julian Tu Guerrero, and that's how MJ, 25 years ago, and that's how MJF came to be. I've heard that line either typed out, written, you know, something. I've seen that line so many times. Uh, apparently, everyone got a kick out of that, and I thought it was pretty funny at the time. Uh, but it ends with them saying, you know, who's a horrible person, or I forgot the exact line, but they yeah. agreed it was Cody Rhodes. They said yes. Rhodes. They said Rhodes on TV, and yeah. I made a bigger deal of that. Apparently, it was like, everybody, he owns the name. I'm like, okay, that's cool, but they hadn't called him Rhodes on a show. Right. Yeah, right. So, so they said Cody Rhodes, and they seem to agree on that. Some people so, – okay, so I actually – I have to ask you, I did not see this as, at this point, before Cody comes out, I did not see this as MJF joining the inner circle. Did you see this as MJF joining the inner circle? Um, I felt like they're going to be have a loose affiliation. Yes. Um, that's, that's what I saw. I didn't see it was official, but I like, I mean... Well, then when they did the hug, I can see why people feel like, well, he's in. But uh, I, they didn't say it specifically, and maybe that's a situation that comes down the line where they actually do. But uh, right now, I feel like it's just Hills, Hills teaming with Hills because they're because assholes love love company and they both misery hate, loves company, and they both hate Cody Rhodes. So there right. you go. Uh, so Cody comes out. Michael uh, uh, Michael Kalari is trying to stop him from coming out because he is not cleared to compete. He gets past him, jumps in the ring. Attacks uh, MJF, gives Jericho the worst attempt at a power slam I've ever seen in my life. Oh, what a botch! Yeah. Oh, what a botch! But, but this is where good announcing can help. Of course, we all know it's a botch. But uh, uh, Excalibur says his equilibrium was off, his footing wasn't under him because he's not cleared to wrestle. That is how you help your. That is how you help your wrestlers right there. That was a perfect example to me of at least trying to cover for what was clearly a botch. How do you know it's a botch? Well, 
two moves later, they do the move again. That is the 100%. Like, if you don't, if you aren't listening to this and you're not a super wrestling fan, you if you ever want to know if it's a botch, if they come back to it 15 seconds later, it was guaranteed a botch. Yep. Pretty <laughs> yeah. So they just kind of went on, uh, went away from it. But, you know, Excalibur tried to help. I mean, it didn't, you know, to any, you know, again, hardcore fans, it didn't help. But to a lot of people, it was like, oh, okay, at least you tried to cover for it. Uh, then we got the debut of Wardlow, who's a freaking mountain of a man. And he comes in, slams Cody. Then uh, he has on a Burberry tie. Uh, which yes. yes, and he hangs Cody by the Burberry tie, and that is how the segment ends. And I was, my whole thought process is, I was hoping MJ was F wasn't in the inner circle because you know, you know, Jericho has his Hager right, and then you mm-hmm. know now MJF has his Wardlow. You uh, right. you don't want that in the same faction. It's the same kind of the same act. In the same faction, that would yeah. be, that would yeah. be that would be way too much to me. But yeah, so MJF getting booed straight. You know they were healing it up, and I thought MJF Chris Jericho did a great job of making sure the shine, even while holding his own, you can tell he made sure the shine and the focus of this promo was on MJF. Yeah. I'm still trying to figure out why he like. Okay, so has MJF had a had a match since the first Dynamite? <laughs> Don't think so. Yeah, I was I was trying to get at a, a a reason like okay, so it's one thing for you to say that I the Cody you don't know Cody like I do he's really a bad person and selfish and a jerk and and all that and the third like it's nothing to be like I have actual reason which will make like the people that love Cody even more upset so. I thought in the promo as he's cutting it, I was like, okay, so he's going to say, like, I haven't had a match since the first Dynamite. What the hell's going on? Are you trying to – and then he mentioned the under my thumb thing. I was like, okay, maybe that's what they're going to get at. Like, they're going to – he's going to give me one, like, flimsy little re- legitimate reason for why he did this. And it was never there. It was just talking about emotions. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. Like, I guess, cool. Like, it was a great promo. And, like, I did enjoy them going back and forth between – they pretend like they're going to blow up on each other. And then they do the Cody thing. It made, it made me think of – uh, the night after uh, Survivor Series 2016, when Kevin Owens and and Jericho teased a a uh, a blow up, and then um, they both blamed Roman Reigns for why they lost the Survivor Series match for for Raw. Um, it was like pretty much the same thing. Like they both argue, and then they say Roman Reigns and the crowd chants, and they both hug. So uh, so I knew what was coming, but like I still enjoyed the hell out of it because like I love like when people take the piss out of ba- out of baby faces from time to time. Um, when it, when it's something like as lame as that, so. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just was waiting for that with MJF and I thought it was great, but like, maybe, you know, that's down the line where you actually give me like a real reason as opposed to just like, ah, I just felt like being evil this week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, it comes down to, to me that MJF is going to be the head hill of the company and, you know, with that, I mean, which is obvious to everyone, but it's just so fun seeing him get there i like i said i've been very clear and you know i'm gonna watch it go i think they could have waited on the cody thing i think i think they could have waited on the stipulation maybe you know 
maybe Jericho gets like in this uh, at full gear. Maybe Jericho gets DQ'd. They build to another Cody Jericho match or whatever. Oh and, God, and, DQs. And, uh, you know, and you know they have they're not doing DQs. That's good. You know, they're not doing DQs. I don't, I don't, I don't want a DQ. You know, same but, here. Uh, Look, just don't book the match. If you need, if you need a way out, if you need a way out of a out of a, out of a situation you're going to book, then just don't book the match. I, I no, I like DQs sometimes. I think I don't. I, I hate I, them. No, I, I like I like DQs sometimes. I'm, I'm like, but and I don't want them all the time. But again, it, it, I guess it's you know we're about the same age. Just like I'm going to say, maybe my generation of wrestling. I used to love when Ric Flair was clearly about to lose the match, and then he just kicked him in the nuts. Like, oh. I, I, I didn't. I, I didn't. I used to love that. Nope, like, not not losing the day. <laughs> my, my thing is just like. I wouldn't say that there are no uses for 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 uh, for DQs. Like for example, last year's SummerSlam match between AJ and Samoa Joe. Like I, I was okay with that, right? Like they gave me a match and they moved on, and it clearly escalated the the feud between them with the Wendy stuff, right? With the Wendy style stuff. My thing is like there are so there's so few, few and far between that you find a you can find a, a a good reason for a DQ that like I'm better off with I'd rather you just not ever do them than or do them very 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 seldomly to make it actually worth it as opposed to you know dusty finishes left and right and having to revisit matches or whatever else like either get yourself to get yourself a situation where you have a point to where you can get people to that want to want a match after you announce it or build towards a match, get them to want it and then get, give them a decisive winner and loser and then move on. Like, I feel like me, I feel like, um, I used to be more in your camp until I started watching more Japanese wrestling where it's like, nah, just beat somebody. It's okay yeah. to beat somebody. Like it's a, it's a, it's supposed to be a sport and, and in a sport, not everybody wins all the time. Sometimes yeah. you lose, like the you know um, the Patriots just lost like, a couple weeks ago. Like they're probably still the Super Bowl favorites. It's and they're probably going to Super Bowl. It's okay. Like you don't have to be undefeated juggernaut or whatever else. You can beat people and try to and use that you know and use that to help elevate people from time to time to do other things. It's okay. But it, it's to me, it's a great way to build on the desperation and the importance of keeping your championship, especially with Jericho being old. Like, let's say they do the Scorpio Scott. Oh, he's already she- he's already cheating in his matches. And there's not getting DQs. No, like I'm, like I, like Hacker's been helping him cheat left and right. That's true, but I'm just talking about the whole idea of where it's like Scorpio Scott's like about to hit his finisher, and Jericho just like right in front of the ref, right in the nuts, gets DQ'd. Oh my God, the desperation! And it, to me, like it, it would happen with Sting and Flair, and it would drag it along, and it would just build up my anticipation to the either the match where they say, "Well, Flair, if you get DQ'd, you know, you lose your title," or they do some different stipulation where he can't just get DQ'd. It's just, I again, old, very old wrestling booking that I enjoy. I used to see the purpose in that. Now I just see it as just that. Just y'all just y'all just scared to be somebody, and or or you're all or you're trying to like bilk me out of money to spend you spend twice for the same match. That's uh, that's how I feel. The, uh, it, at this it, point. It's just not enough people to me to do different matches. You're gonna get the same matches sometimes, so that's why I'm like it's a great way to extend a feud. I don't know. It's like I said, I. It's to me. It was like the wrestling I loved. That was just a part 
of the storytelling of it. So mm-hmm. it's like I'm not saying do it, and I hate it. I'm not saying do it as much as the other company. The other company <laughs> does it way too much. And if and, you know, I'm just saying, and if you watch them over the last two years, I could see where you could get like you and be like, I'm tired of this. I, I never want to see it again because they do it too freaking much, too much. Like and, I feel uh, like if you're okay, so. I wouldn't be exactly like, like I said, like I'm okay with them doing it maybe a couple times a year, but yeah, yeah, I always think, but going to the well, uh, like, and I, and honestly, like, I'm one of those people that's kind of like uh, when they when they introduce the um, the the judges for the match with Cody and Jericho, or I'm kind of like concerned where it's like, okay, so this just means eventually, whether it's one, two, three, four, five years from now, I'm gonna get a sixty minute Broadway. And I'm just not going to enjoy it because, like, I don't need any wrestling match between two people to go 60 minutes. I don't give a damn if it's if it's the two best wrestlers in the world going at it. Um, I just I just don't need so, that. So you didn't, and, and like I know we're talking about AEW. So you didn't enjoy the Okada and Omega matches. Uh, I enjoyed them. I thought they were some of the best matches I've ever seen. But if you if you told me before, well, especially like the second one yeah. when they went to a when they went to an hour long draw, I was furious when that match when I found out it was a draw. Uh-oh. Or one like in the, the match, like wait a sec. So I just I just watched it for an hour for nothing. Okay, great, awesome. Yeah. I guess they'll wrestle again. Like, uh, oh, they wrestle again at G one, but like. I don't know next time we're gonna have a title match. It took another year for him to have another title match. Yeah, from that from that Dominion to the next Dominion. I I have been again conditioned for hour long matches, and I kind of missed them. I was like one of my favorite matches of all time was Brett and Sean's Iron Man match. I know apparently not a lot, but that was my favorite one of my favorite matches of all time until like Oma- Okada Omega. So I uh-huh. love a good Broadway. I love. You know, you, if you want to just sit in the chain lock for five minutes and then build to a next segment of moves, I'm down with that shit. Let's do it. So, yeah. Uh, but, you know, Cody and Jericho, I don't know if you remember, the moment they announced it, I was like, there is no way these two individuals are going an hour. They're just yeah, not that, would, that, that, that would not have gone well for them to go for a whole hour. It's like I their styles, first of all, their styles kind of clash anyway. Mm-hmm. Like they kind of wrestle, kind of both kind of wrestle a methodical style, and that can get mm-hmm. boring. So, an hour? Oh my god! Yeah. Like, yeah, if that match went ten more minutes, I probably would have been like, man, this match is too long. That's probably the reason why I didn't like that match as much as a lot of other people was the fact that like the the pace of that match starting out was like as if they thought it, it was like to, to to trick you into or get you to adjust to thinking like they actually could go an hour, and I'm like. I know y'all ain't gonna go an hour. You ain't gotta y'all ain't gotta fake fake with me like you're gonna go an hour. Like just rustle your match and get out of here in thirty minutes or whatever. But I was know. I was waiting on them to break out the chin lock. I was so waiting on them to break out the chin lock. See, this is why you like Corbin in it, huh? This is why you like Corbin in it, oh, dude. I just you know I had to defend it on getting the ring. I was like, Cor- Corbin is the quintessential '80s heel. He does not. This ain't the eight. This ain't the '80s. That's the <laughs> point. This is not the '80s. But I was. That's when I started watching wrestling. So okay, I love it. <laughs> I fair, love fair it. Enough. Fair he, enough. Fair he enough. is everything a heel is supposed to be to me. It's like you're supposed to hate him. You're supposed to like literally like I don't want to see you on my screen. I love that. I love that. But uh, yeah. So yeah, let's say so. He fits all like 
Corbin, people don't even understand. It's like to me, it's like watching Bob Orton. You know, he threw punches, kicks, and slams until he's gonna hit the superplex. You know, he didn't do anything exciting except his finisher. That was it. Uh, let's see. So after that, we have Pac versus Hangman. Pac pins Hangman after at some point in the match, uh, he gets him and just kicks him right in the head. Kind of something, uh, it, it was weird because I was thinking B. Priestley and Rip Baker kind of put over this, the whole idea of just kicking someone straight in the <laughs> head. They really did. didn't. They? I mean, their segment, yeah. that was their yeah. whole beef. So when Pac kicks him in the head, you know, if you've been watching, you kind of like, you know, you're not supposed to do that. And then he kicks him and he kicks him and he kicks him to the point of the referee pulling him off. And I'm like, God damn. <laughs> I'm like looking at him like, if you did that to someone for real, I'm like, that's attempted murder. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And then he hits him with his, he hits him with the black arrow, which is completely unnecessary, and then puts him in a brutalizer, which was extremely unnecessary. That dude was out. <laughs> the dude was out the whole time. And it's funny. So if the referee, I, I, and this is when you get in the rules, if the referee thinks you are being extreme to the deficit of pulling you off someone, wouldn't they at least make sure the guy continues before they let you attack him again? You would think that, or the more competent thing would be, oh, yeah, this person is within the rules being the hottest person. This person cannot defend themselves or any way, so I should award him the match via TKO. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I thought was happening. Like, I thought it, was, it made me think of um, the the first uh, Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn title match for yeah. NXT, um, at one, whichever takeover that was, where, like, he's being a piss out of him, and the ref has no choice but to award him the match. Like, he's going to keep power bombing him, and he may, you know, he may be seriously hurt. Um I thought they were teasing that, and then eventually it turned into, as you mentioned, like his finisher and then his submission. Um, and then he won basically two, but because he put slapped submission on, on a person that was passed out or knocked out. So, um, it, I mean, it got over how brutal that uh, Pat can be. Um, and I thought that was the definitive end to their uh, series of matches, which I thought were spectacular. And I thought, um, or not spectacular, but were great. And I thought um, this was like my, the most um, I've enjoyed a mid card. Um, feud in any company since maybe like the first Ambrose and Rollins in 2014 stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I thought I thought this was two thumbs up, and I thought this sets up Pac to to you know to from from here on out. Like I I would love nothing more to see Pac versus uh or Pac versus Moxley at next pay per view, but we'll see how that shakes out. Yeah, um, yeah, it was just like it was just it was just the idea of you stopping it. It's like. At that point, you should make the sure the other person can continue because he never yeah. got up. The sh- <laughs> yeah, like I, if that's I, if that's going to be what you're going to do, like right. maybe maybe you get uh, maybe you get Hangman up and he still look kind of out, but he says I'm good, and then you know Pac like drop kicks him and then does the rest of the stuff to him. But it just seemed like mm-hmm. seemed completely unnecessary if you're going to pull him off and then just let him continue. <laughs> I was like, yeah. why did you pull him off? Now that yeah. was just a little. That was just a little like, okay. I think they could have done that better. I didn't really have a problem with it at the time. It was just kind of watching it back. It was like that's kind of weird. Um, at least they didn't DQ Pack for kicking too much ass. Yeah, exactly. And it was funny because I got we got a lot of on Twitter. You got a lot of complaints of fifty fifty booking. I'm like, 
Well, Fox won two, and Hangman's won one. So how's that 50-50 booking? I don't think people know what 50-50 means. Yeah, like 50-50. <laughs> okay, so 50-50 booking in, in, in and of itself is not the is not the issue as much as it is like a complete stagnation to extend the program because you have nothing – you have no other direction uh, for storyline development or – or change in direction, like. But I think people just think fifty-fifty looking is just like one person wins, another person wins, and and then like that's the end of it. It's like, well, no, they wrestled three matches. One person, like you normally in a program, you have people win one apiece, and then you go to a third match, and one person wins, and that's the end of it in the third person match. I'm not saying they're done. I would assume they're done because that like a definitive win to me. Yeah, I mean, he beat the shit out of them. I don't, right. I don't, right. I don't really see how this continues anytime soon. Right, Maybe and if it does, then if it, if it does, um, then we should then we should talk about like yeah, that is the shit. But so far, right now, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't yeah. say that. Pac should move on and like, okay, I beat him. Now I want the world title. You know, that right. should be his next you know thought process. So I don't know. Well, we will see what's going on further. It's just again, you know, people are so sensitive to a booking from the other company that <laughs> as soon as they get yeah. like the whiff. Of something, <laughs> oh that's, my god! Yes, that's the that that's the baggage of being in a bad relationship for so yes, long. Yes, like you have all you have all these scars and things, uh, and you and you don't realize like you're taking it into this new thing, and it's not the same thing. And yeah, like I, I could definitely see that, and it's kind of funny. And I look, I. I my I when you hear me on these podcasts compared to um, Tiffany or or Amy, I'm I, I'm pretty sure that I'm I'm less uh, positive than they are, and a lot of it is because like I have been jaded by a lot by a lot that uh, that New York has done to me. Yeah, I, I've <laughs> a said, lot that Vince Kenny McMahon has done to me. I, I, so I've, I've said that before. I've I've compared it to abusive relationship, and oh, to the point wow. where my friend my friend. Uh, my friend's like, you went too far. And I'm like, no, it's like, seriously, I'm never going to do that to you again. I'm never going to do that to you again. <laughs> and then they do it again. And then you meet the nice guy and then you meet the nice guy and you're like, you're kind of, you're kind of flinching and looking over your shoulder because, you know, you can't trust it. And it's like, that's how you are. It's like you, you, you are, you're Sam Darnold. You're, uh, you're seeing ghosts, you know, yeah. <laughs> you like, know? I, like it, I, I have been, I have dealt with too much of Vincent Man and honestly e- even Dusty Rhodes and and Rick Flair and Jim Hurd and yes and Eric Bischoff and Vince Russo's cap shit that I just like I, I wear all of that I, I I'm aware of all the stuff and I'm just like all right uh, yeah because like, every time somebody does something at AEW I'm kind of like all right these are the pitfalls don't fall into the pitfalls so far they haven't so far for the most part so like I'm not so I'm I'm still I'm still with them but if this ever turns south, I'm be like, see, I was, I, I always had my antenna up for this stuff. Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, I love '80s wrestling, but I mean, their wrestling was so different. Their whole idea back then was to trick you into the door. Right. It wasn't to make sure you were entertained. It was to trick you into the door. And it's right. like, yeah, I'm gonna announce this big match, and you never get it. But as or, long as I get my money, I'm okay. Or we're gonna put Dusty over, except. You know, yeah, the dusty finish, the dusty, yeah, and finish. then we're gonna come back and do it again. Yes, the scam, you idiots. Yes, so uh, believe me, that was that that was the business then, but now it's like, 
people are so smart to that now. And it's like, no, no. Well, and some it, people are because you know people still are getting built uh, over there with Vincent. I'm still getting built to this, to this day. Yeah. Like, do you hear the story? Do you hear the story about uh, uh, about like Natty beat Oscar or pinned Oscar in a title in a tag match with Charlotte and Natty versus the Kabuki Warriors? So now, like at TLC, they're going. It's going to be. Charlotte and Becky versus the Kabuki Warriors for the women's titles. Not Natty. She's out of there. It's like, what the hell is he even is that? What what is going on? Um Natty is the redheaded stepchild of the women's division. But she's still getting them checks, so she ain't gonna say anything. But, but everybody's getting checks and they still getting fucked up over there. That's the problem. Dude. It don't matter they're paying people money that they're paying People like money that they were paying top guys back in the day, and they're still like not knowing what to do. Hell, they they have a dude return from camp from from beating cancer for the second time in his life, and they got him doing nothing. Well, I can honestly say I have I have never seen a company that doesn't know what their fans want to the level of WWE right now. I've never seen this. Like, they do not know what their fans want. It's like, hey, they're 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 like serving meat to vegans, you know what I mean? It's just like <laughs> no one no one is out there is like, oh my God, I don't know anyone. Like like to the most part I get from the hardcore WWE fans, I get it's not that bad. No one tells me why it's good. I get it's not <laughs> that bad. It's not that's funny. You know, I never get told it's good. Yeah. I never get told it's not bad. And yeah. it, it is funny because like, there are people that like there are people that we know that like we talk to and right now they're like they don't have nothing. They they're not saying anything about it being um good. They're, they're doing that like it like or even those you say like yeah it's bad right now. I'm just not gonna harp on it. And it's like it's not that I want to harp on it either. Just like but I invested so much time in this stuff in like. The show literally punishes you yeah. instead of rewarding you for sticking through watching this stuff. And it's like, I can't even do it no more. Like, if, if Vince, Vince to sucker me in once a month for it's like, oh, they'll have some women's match I'm interested in. Or, oh, they'll have some person that's a very talented wrestler getting a title shot. Um, like, that stuff will sucker me from time to time. But outside of that, like, no, nah, I'm not I'm not tuning in for your TV, Vince. Yeah. I watch reviews, the, but that's about it. The weakest argument is when they... They point to a time where it was worse. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> they're yeah. like, it's not as bad as this. It's yeah, it's, not, it's, not, it's, it's not as bad as Katie Vicker kind of tied trying to chop off his uh, Valvina's penis. But, nah. But it was, it's still shitty, you know? Right, right. <laughs> it was right. like back in the day, you would get kind tie or Katie Vick or, or anything like that, but you would get 70% of other good product. <laughs> Yeah, like this is this is a bam, like this is a bam bam Bigelow getting counted out of a Falls County Anywhere match. No, nah, it's not that bad. Yeah, like yeah. those are the extreme. Yes, but the rest of the show was good. That's what they forget about. It's like you're getting a consistently not interesting product now, as opposed to they had some swings and misses back then. You know, everybody's well, gonna have swings and misses. I, I would say now my my thought process on the wrestling <laughs> I, when I was a kid was like. Wrestling has ne- wrestling is better than it's ever been. The problem is they are worse at making stars than they've ever had before. Yeah. And 
Like that that's kind of like the hope of AEW and to an extent uh, NXT when it's on uh, USA Network is like hopefully because these shows reward you from watching from week to week or month to month or whatever else ha- don't really screw you on you know nonsense finishes or whatever else and have to explain it after the fact um, and have general directions. Um, you would think that these that these company or these super promotions would be better at cultivating stars for the future, especially when they have a younger audience um, watching them. So we'll see what happens in the future. Uh, but it's not gonna be no, it's not gonna be a short process or whatever else. Like I'm not expecting Dynamite or or, or NXT to have a better to get two point two and a half million viewers um by by the end of this year no that's not unrealistic but like i feel like down the line they are set up to better have a chance at at reaching the goals that wwe seems to want to reach um by just having a, a show that makes sense for every single week most or more, more than not um every single week yeah i mean i i i will tell you you know when you i know it's going to be a process but the other company being so bad helps their process along. <laughs> okay, so I'm putting this on the list next to stay vil- vil- uh, vigilant. Now yeah. I'm putting this next to the other company. You're okay. killing me. Now the other, them being bad is helping, you know, press <laughs> them along. But I, I heard this one story where they were talking about. Uh, I forgot who was talking to Triple H, and I know everyone, a lot of people heard this story, and he was like, you know, the guy said, I want to uh, be as big as John Cena. And Triple H's like, there's never going to be another John Cena, because uh, then that's on purpose. The goal is the brand. And and so it's like when people say the star-making machine is broken, no, they turned it off on purpose. It's not broken. They just flip the off switch they don't want any more john cena's they don't want any more the rocks because then you eventually have to pay those people but what they real don't what they have failed to realize is that unless you have those big names people don't come to your shows they don't have a reason to tune in so they yeah. need, they need to flip that switch again that's why it makes no sense that's why it never makes sense ever to begin with yeah. um like if you're if you have no if the idea is we're going to have a collection of toys and some of them are good and some of them are bad, but they're all going to do battle uh, for two to three hours every single week. I don't, what is the particular interest of you wanting to watch the show every single week? If there is nothing that you can identify with uh, or personalize, um, you know what I'm saying? Like, these are you're, you're turning this into these are nameless faces robots or nameless faces uh, subjects as opposed to characters or or something you can persona or people can see themselves in or see things that they uh, aspire to um, and, and and you know set and set adversity amongst those people like that's the reason why you had the boom period you had the boom period because you had the Rock in Austin or you had. Um, I'm sorry, uh, Hulk Hogan. And this way you're doing is like, I mean, it got you the TV deals, but I feel like if you had a rock or an Austin or a Ric Flair or a Hogan, like you would have got more money because they would have had people that you'd had actual draws supposed to, you know, this. And I, I just feel like this also make is a lot less interesting TV from just critically as opposed to, um, uh, you you know the the mass appeal of it. it. I just I just find the show just be very flat and undynamic a lot of the time. Yeah, even with the good wrestling. 
I completely agree. But let's get on to. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, we're still recording. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, proud and powerful. They come back from commercial after Pac and Hangman. Proud and powerful is brawling with the Young Bucks. Uh, we get uh, we get uh, Ortiz powerbomb through a table. Then we get Santana jumping off of I don't remember what kind of equipment that was, but he jumps off on top of them. He then is throwing uh, one of the Bucks through the bathroom window of door, and there standing is just Orange Cassidy just standing there. And then Santana uh, slowly shuts the door and goes back, and it's kind of funny. That was yes, very funny. Um, yes, we we had Orange Cassidy, uh, I guess, waiting for someone because he wasn't surprised that the door got open. He was just there. So I wonder who he's waiting for. Uh, maybe that maybe they put that on BTE, but uh, but yeah, I I thought that Santana sold that incredibly uh, hilariously well with with the, that that stare like what is going on? Why is this dude like waiting for me in the bathroom? So proud and powerful uh, hits hits um, uh, Nick in the leg with the the sock full of baseballs, but Matt uh, and so they get the advantage. Uh, they get the advantage on the two. And they look like they're, we're done, we're done. And he's like, I lied. And they went to attack him some more. And then uh, finally, uh, finally, um, who was it? Uh, Private, Private Party. Party came out. It's some. What's up with these New York tag teams with the P's in their name, man? This is weird. Good point. Uh, <laughs> so they come out. And that sets up. Next week, we're going to get Proud and Powerful versus Private Party and uh, tr- a Chris Travis Memorial match. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, which I thought was really dope. Uh, them, you know, acknowledging somebody, you know, that never worked for the company or really had anything to do with the company. <laughs> so just, just like previous wrestling shows, like I mean, you look at the Owen Hart uh, tribute show for WCW. Yeah. That's another one that comes to mind. Like wrestling is more than just your branding. Yep. And so we get that match next week, and um, then the end of the show, main event, SCU. Versus Jericho and Sammy G. Uh, SCU does their entrance. You know, Jericho's so Jericho. Uh, in the match, Scorpio, the new, the new Yano of, the new Yano of AEW, because he is the king of the roll-ups, rolls up Chris <laughs> Jericho and gets that three. And SCU, Jericho takes his first pin in AEW. Yeah. And I think he's the only person in the company to not take a pinfall in some way or somehow. So Jericho takes his first pin. He goes out to the ring, and he's angry, and he sells the shit out of it, throwing chairs. He never wanted to get pinned. So it looks like we're going to be setting up a program with Scorpio and Scorpio and Chris Jericho. Are you excited about that? Yeah, it's going to be a good matchup. I think that uh, and you can tell um, at the end of the match that they were calling a lot of that stuff in the ring Jericho was with, with uh, Scorpio, and they did really well with it. So I'm interested what, to see what they do as far as a, a build towards, I don't know, a TV program or a special episode of Dynamite down the line. I don't necessarily think they can, or I don't think it would even be wise to set a program up for where they go take this all the way to January or February or whatever else for the next pay-per-view. I feel like this is uh, something like, it's similar to fashion to the Darby stuff where, you build somebody up, you spotlight them, you get them over, 
Um, and they've been doing that throughout the entire tag tournament with uh, Scorpio Sky, but like they're not taking it even further. Um, and you get built them to a spot where they have the chance to get show them what they have and a you know a chance to give their best shot to the champ, and we go from there. Um, and wherever he lands from there, uh, I think he's gonna end up better better off for this than if he were just to be just um, in the tag uh, in the tag um, division as a champions. Yeah, I think this is building up to his match. You know, they're they're doing Chicago the night before Thanksgiving, and I think that'll be the main event of that match. That's just me. Good point. That's just me completely guessing just based on how they book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, I think they consider that a big show, and I think that New Year's show in Jacksonville is going to be a bigger show. You know, yep. they have a yep. lot of things going on in those. So, yeah, that could be like their MSG show or whatever for, you know, an additional WWE sense. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it's going to be uh, – that's going to be it. I like the Scorpios winning with roll-ups because <laughs> he won the world title with – he won the tag titles with roll-ups. Then he won the world title. That makes him more dangerous. Uh, you know, yeah. he's just a roll-up from winning. You know, it doesn't, he, he doesn't – they haven't really got him over a finisher, which is like I think would be cool – if they had him versus Sammy G like this week before mm-hmm. the world title match where you can kind of get him over a finisher or whatever, but <laughs> we'll see what happens with that. But the fact is, you know, he, he can roll you up, you know, he's, you know, he's juice Robinson. I can roll up anybody, you know, that kind of thing. So <laughs> I thought, <laughs> thought this was a really solid episode It's building into next week. Uh, we got some preview matches for next week. Uh, big match announced yesterday, and or maybe in the day. No, it was yesterday. Uh, Ray Phoenix versus Nick Jackson because Matt Jackson is injured. Uh, so uh, and honestly, what's been happening is in this is listening that that has been on the the internet for the last couple weeks. People asking Nick and Mac if they're ever going to do a singles match. And Nick literally said, I might do a one-off at some point. So I guess he's giving the fans what he wants. Nick Jackson versus Ray Phoenix. What are your thoughts on this match? Oh, I can't wait to see this. Like, I get I get to see singles Phoenix in AEW. Yeah. Um, I be like, this is what I've been waiting for my entire life. I didn't know I didn't know that I was waiting for this, but this is what it is. Um, so I'm excited. Bucks um, get to I lose again. I, there, there's that too. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't be being I wouldn't be being Ray Phoenix if I were them. But especially when Nick also has uh, he had the easy uh, storytelling mechanism of a, an excuse for him. The, oh yeah, he's still injured. You can just bonk his leg and then finish him. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, I, th- I think the match is going to be great. Um, I'm excited, and I'm you know we have this, and you also have the. Then I guess the next match we're going to preview. Like I'm really, I'm really excited for the matches on this card. Moxley Allen will probably. What do you think will be the main event? Do you think it'll be Moxley Allen or Phoenix and Nick Dex? Oh, this will be Moxley. Yeah, be Moxley. Moxley. Oh yeah, Moxley is the main event. So Moxley Allen. Um, yeah, is it, it, it? This could turn bad really quickly. <laughs> you know, um, I I have just that quick forgot about this match, but I was thinking of the other match of um. Um, the tag match yeah. uh, between uh, Ortana and Santana, or sorry, Ortana, Santana and Ortiz versus Private Party. But but yeah, this is another match. That I think I think it's gonna be great. Um, they they've wrestled each other, so they have some um, some chemistry down, and we'll see what they have to bring for us on national stage. Man, they should just call this week's episode "Rich Lathers Pro Wrestling." 
Kind of. Yeah. Because <laughs> then you got Private Party versus uh, Proud and Powerful, which is just going to be full gore from the from the time the bell rings to the finish. It's just going to be go, 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 you know? Yes. Uh, so, yeah, that's going to be a, yeah, it's going to be a fun match. I hope it starts the show, actually. That would be, uh, you know, they do really do that uh, exciting tag team match to start the show is their thing. Yeah. Then we have the Dynamite Dozen Battle Royal, which it will be 12 contenders in a battle royal. The last two people will then wrestle in a singles match. I don't know where this is going, like at all, for um, a diamond ring. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, I wonder if the diamond ring comes with anything else besides just a diamond ring. Yeah. But we'll see. Um I'm not a real battle royal person. I just uh, even if even Royal Rumbles is just like it's people in the ring and they're fumbling around each other amongst the ring until like someone clears them out and then 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 you can start doing the real wrestling and eventually throwing the finish of over the top rope elimination. So, um, but yeah, there twelve people. Um, so at least at least it won't be that long. Yeah. That's the best. That's best, that's the most I can enthusiasm I can muster for it is like we can get to whatever they're trying to tell, get us excited for quicker with it, without all the other hoopla. I am, uh, I am a battle Royal guy to no one's shock. Uh, so battle Royals are like pizza, you know, even a bad boy battle Royal. It's still a battle Royal. I like to be a good old <laughs> battle Royal. So, <laughs> You know, like, even bad pizza is still pizza. Even a battle royal, you know, a battle royal is still good. I enjoy them, so I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to some librarian hijinks. I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to some people getting in the battle royal that normally wouldn't. And I, I'm thinking this is going to be like if I'm pulling shit out of the air, and this is what I'm telling you. This is pulling out of the air. This is a perfect way to get Luchasaurus, moreover. Could be. Could yeah. be. I mean, he might not even be in it. I'm just, like I said, right. just pulling crap out of there because they literally have not announced one participant in said Battle Royal. They have not given any definitive information on who the winner is. It's just like, this is happening. Watch it. So I'm, I'm yeah. looking forward to it. Is there any um, is there any way this could be the opener? I, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily be like, do you think that they could figure out a way to sh- dynamite show opens with with their you know their interest music, and then they just sh- pick up in progress like in, uh, with everyone in the ring in much of a similar fashion to how they did uh, one of the tag matches? Uh, I think the semifinal. They just like start in the ring. Uh, starting to show off hot why just action with guys just brawling in the ring or the bell rings and they start brawling. I I could I could kind of see that, but I, then I'm at the other end I'm questioning like would that hold uh, an audience's attention as opposed to like a hot tag match as you mentioned earlier. I wonder. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Uh. Now you got me questioning because it would make more sense so you don't have to do all twelve entrances to yeah. start with the twelve people like have ten people in the ring and then. Do two main, you know, two people come out. Uh, I could also see this being a way now that I, you know, you, you kind of got my brain turning. MJF, you know, him winning the battle royal, you know, with a little help from Warlow, you know. <laughs> oh, we got a cheat in the battle royal too, huh? All right. I mean, <laughs> I mean, 
<laughs> now I got a question. Can you cheat in a battle royal? Yeah. No, because there's no rules and you don't get DQ'd. So can you cheat in a battle royal? Oh, well, what, what I mean, cheat, I mean, like, okay, like, clearly if I hit somebody, uh, if I have two people help me in a no DQ, if I have someone, a second person help me in a no DQ match, like, I'm not technically cheating, but I'm, 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 I'm being trash. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. well, like, in a battle royal, having another person like Wardlow come out here and pluck geeks over the top rope, like, that's clearly, that's clearly, you know. MJF is trash. We know this. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so, no. Nah, like I said, it was just, like I said, I'm just pulling shit out the air. I'm looking forward to it. I like the, I actually like the idea of not knowing what's going to mm-hmm. happen. It's a pretty cool idea. Uh, just to uh, let everyone know, this week's episode of Dynamite did 957,000 people. Uh, that was more than the other companies, 750,000 people, uh, at the TV show at the same time. Uh, so that is, if, if, if you're keeping track, that's another win for the good guys. Uh, but yeah, yeah. like, like I said, that's all I'm going to talk about. I'm not going to go into the breakdowns and shit. It's just like, I just want that number to keep going up and the other number. I honestly don't care what's happening. As long as the other numbers you know, lower than our number, we're good. <laughs> okay, I'm about to say, I think like, as long as it keeps going down, I'm like, hey, hey look here, man, like, I I, look, I love NXT, you know I love NXT, don't bring me on here to insult NXT like this! I just want them to beat them until Thursday. <laughs> Move that shit. <laughs> don't split people, move it to Thursday, just hang your head low, know that you lost, and move your shit to Thursday. And then, you know what? And then I'll be like, man, I can't wait for NXT's number to go up. Hey, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. I'm already watching on Thursdays and Fridays, so it yeah. makes no difference. <laughs> Me too. I don't watch it until Thursday anyway. All right. Yeah. So, uh, James, you want to plug anything? Oh, yeah. Um, Sundays, we do 1H Radio, uh, me and Rich, um, on this podcast network. Um, yeah, on Twitter, you can follow us at um, One Nation Radio. Um, follow me at James Boyd 87. Um, yes, that's pretty much all I, I really have. Um, I guess be on the lookout for you know some of our end of the year stuff uh, in, in the coming weeks. Yeah, One Nation Radio, you don't even know this, is the show I listen to the most consistently. Yeah, really? Yeah, because how my podcast schedule works, you, you since y'all release on Sunday night for Monday morning. Mm-hmm. Y'all are the first thing I download for the week, so uh, you're you're always the one show that I listen to all the way through. So, it, when y'all sometimes when y'all sometimes have to release later in the week, that throws me off. But oh, the I, midweek I, stuff, yeah, yeah. Like so, Monday, I'm like, okay, one nation radio should already be downloaded because you're one of the automatic downloads on my phone. So, uh, yeah, so uh, definitely keep up, follow us at at elite pod. Uh, you can also follow uh, Tiffany at All Elite Tiffany and uh, Amy at Phoenix NJPW. Make sure you're following and keep it up. I will try not to let it go this long between shows again. Uh, last week, I was emotionally defeated by my Cody <laughs> losing. I do apologize for that. Hey, this is this is real. I, I, couldn't, this, is real. I this is real. I couldn't handle it. Uh, so this is... Floyd, I'm going to say this. Remember, stay vigilant. That Wednesday number needs to uh, that Wednesday number needs to definitely come up. And whether it's home, work, or school, always do your best to be elite.